there's something wrong with this podcast. Yeah. I just had you. to do it. Yeah. Can I say what the second quote here on the old quotes page for IMDb is? Yes. On the old, or you're saying, okay, the old, the movie. Got it's it. new. This is a new IMDb page for the movie old. Okay, got it. The second quote is, Charles, I'm a doctor. Jaron, I'm a nurse. My name is Jaron. <laughs> good, good scene. I yeah. remember that. Scene. Can I? How do how do they spell? J- is it Jaron? I was confused. If it was Jared or Jaron? This is written J A R I N. That's correct. What it's, that is how they spell it. J A R I N. Yeah. Not how sure interesting. Why. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's allowed to be called that. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know why he's called Jaron. But he's very much called Jaron. He called is Jaren. called Jaron. That he's, is his name. Yeah. He. I don't know if you guys know this. He got old. Jaron. Jaron got, got spoiler alert dead. That's the oldest you can be. <laughs> Doesn't get much older than that, does it? That's not true. There are various <laughs> stages of dead. Yeah. Well, like I don't want to get it. it's too. No, dark. let's We're do get, it. Well, it's David. like is a dead teenager older than a living old man? How long have they been dead for? Well, I don't know. I think I think it all equals out once once you kick the bucket. I just like like. So what you're saying, like, a dead teenager, okay, well, they died last week versus, like, they died in the 12th century. Are you, are you saying the clock t- keeps ticking post-death? I guess that's my well, question. I guess you're... The you're, age clock. Right. I feel like you're currently asking, is Casper the Friendly Ghost older than Regis Philbin? Sure. Absolutely. Because right? Casper fundamental died when? Early 1900s? I don't know. Let's look it up. <laughs> when... <laughs> did Casper die? How did he die? Murder? Uh, no, he was he he got cold when he was sledding. Correct. His dad. Yeah. His dad That's loved right. him too much. He gave him a sled just because he was a good boy. It wasn't even a holiday or birthday or anything. And he had so much fun with the sled that he died of hypothermia. It's the saddest movie ever. Do made. you think there's like an alternate universe where Casper could have become uh, Charles Foster Kane? Absolutely. Oh yeah, like his sled is rosebud or whatever. Because yeah. Casper's rich, right? Because he yes. lives in a fancy house. Yeah, and his dad spends the rest of his life building an anti-ghost machine. <laughs> Wait, is who's his There's dad? There's a reason I bring this movie up who's all the time. Who's his dad? Is is wait? His dad is not played by an actor. There, like, there okay. was there was a Bill thi- Pullman there, is the yes. human. Pullman, lead I couldn't remember if it was Daniels or Pullman. I knew Pullman it was one of is them. a right. current day ghost hunter, mm-hmm. right? Who, and Richie is his his daughter, right? And right. his wife died. Yes, and he is trying to reconnect with his wife. They move into this house where Casper's eccentric father, after accidentally killing his son by giving him too good of a gift, <laughs> I think the spent the rest of his life trying to reverse death. Yeah, okay. The and movie is strange. I just remember that at the end, he's briefly corporeal and he's Devin Sawa, well, correct? Okay. Yeah, and they slow Casper. dance and kiss. But, right. but then he, but it's not permanent? He's, no, it's, no it's, like, it's a wish granted a by the right, dead right, wife right. of Bill Right, Pullman. I think it's Amy Brenneman maybe yes. plays. The wife of well, Pullman. Oh no, she was, it was, did Brad Silberling direct it? Correct. Okay, yeah, they they were married. Yes, I don't know yes. if they still are. Yes, so yeah. that's she comes back to life as like an angel for Casper. Mm-hmm. There's this concept they keep on talking about, which is unfinished business, where like Casper's brothers or his uncles rather than him are still around. They haven't right. passed on to the other realm because they have unfinished business they have to resolve, and that his wife perhaps has gone on to that zone where she becomes like an angel. And so to reward Casper, because spoiler. Casper got the fucking anti-death machine to work, but there was only enough juice to make one ghost of fleshy again, and he gave it generously. Hey, 
to nice. Bill Pullman, who fell through a manhole after getting too drunk with a bunch of rowdy ghosts. I don't know. My pants are not fitting right now, really, like well. I don't know. Are you? Oh. Is anyone feeling that? Like, I just feel like Uh-oh. my like clothes are not kind of tight. I feel yeah. that way too because I lost some weight recently, but I've been getting it back, and now I'm feeling a little suffocated no, no, no. by I, my pants. I think this is this is a reference to what happens to the children in the movie Old. What are you you're not, what are you talking about? But, but you're not okay, yeah. But yeah, I mean that does happen to the children in the movie old, of course. They they they, they grow. Okay. Because they're kids. Sure. And they're on the beach that makes you old. Yeah. Technically it's the rocks that make you old, but they're on the beach that makes you old. It's the rocks. Well, I'm you. just saying to just make sure to keep, you know, observe me, make sure that yeah, nothing is like just happening. Check in with each other you know? in like fifteen minutes. Okay. And I then just, maybe every fifteen minutes after that. Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, anyway, Casper very generously lets Bill Pullman come back to life, and then Bill Pullman's dead wife comes back to reward him by saying, you get to be a real boy, but only Cinderella rules. It's like two hours, and then it goes back, and he dances with Christina Ricci, and they kiss, and it's very nice. Then everyone at the party realizes they're levitating because he's a ghost. He's played by Devin Sawa, and then the movie ends with Little Richard singing Casper the Friendly Ghost. And this is a podcast about Casper. <laughs> right. The right. uh, 1995 movie by Brad Silberling. I believe so, right? Yeah, 95? Uh, 94, right. 94, Four 95, or five? You know, it uh, looks like 95. 95. Hey. <laughs> uh, yes, that's right. So thank you for exploring Casper with me, Cash! which is also <laughs> about child, <laughs> child, uh, child mortality, I guess, in its way. Yeah, right? that's, look, that's how yes. we got here. Yes. yes. But, okay. Yes. But no, this is actually a film podcast about filmography. It's podcast. David's waving his hat. Do the thing. Do the do, thing. Do, do the thing now. Do, do, the, do, thing. do, do the thing. It's a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on in their careers and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion products they want. Sometimes those checks clear and sometimes they get old, baby. Uh, yes, we do get old. We are all getting old. I mean, someone pointed out every beach makes you old. Correct. In that time marches right. on. Who was, <laughs> someone had this good tweet that was show me a beach that makes you young. Then you got a movie there. <laughs> and it's like, whoa. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, you, you're, getting, you're getting old real fast. That's all. Yeah, I mean, Ben, I feel like I'm seeing wrinkles on you now that I wasn't seeing two minutes ago. Wait, really? I don't know. We'll get back to that later. This is a podcast, as we said, usually based around miniseries, right? These filmographies. Sure. But the first guy we ever talked about. Number one, I mean... Number two, if you'd count George Lucas, I suppose. But number one, That was really. Cheers. This is Frasier. Mm, yeah. Right? Well, okay. But then what are all the other ones? <laughs> are we still one in Frasier? I'm sorry. I didn't know there was only one season of Frasier. <laughs> That's a big question. Like, Frasier is the show yeah. starting with M. Night Shyamalan. Correct. Okay, cool. Just, and then, just, just and then Patreon that. is the new Frasier reboot that apparently will have no other returning cast members. Hyde Pierce not involved? I, I don't Recent Kelsey Grammer comments have made it sound like no one's returning and his big story hook for this new reboot. He's rich. No, but like really he's rich. The thing, Frasier's rich. He keeps on saying like no, this rich. time he's going to be like really <laughs> like, rich. I don't remember a lot of Frasier plots about how yeah. he was like hurting for money. Oh, like, he's got I, like I a fucking baby grand piano in his apartment. Uh, yeah, he's good. It's true. They're always drinking Seattle sherry. Sherry ain't cheap. No. Come on. Yeah. But this time he's going to be he's like really <laughs> <laughs> but like, and also his dad's dead. His brother doesn't talk. Well, it. this is the thing. Like, obviously, John Mahoney is not with us anymore. Yeah. His dad R. being R. dead is perfectly very plausible. old. Uh, yeah, he got old, but 
You can't not have Niles. I mean, I agree. Okay. Is anyway. the dog coming back? Uh, I, he hates that dog. He, <laughs> no, I don't think he anybody does. likes the dog. I. This is what one of my his favorite. Eddie? Eddie. Yeah, it was but two the dog was dogs. Moose. Well, Moose was one of the... The dog that's in the artist was the second Frasier right, dog. Right. right. I can't the remember. The first dog was Moose. Which I remember because Disney Adventures magazine used to always say there there was going to be a movie called Moose on the Loose that was about Moose the star of Frasier getting lost and it was going to be like a road trip movie where he has to get back to set. Maybe they maybe there was only because he's also in my dog Skip. Sure, Moose. Moose uh, was huge for a while. They were going to make a movie. Yeah, I think he was replaced at some point. I think so. I too. can't remember. He used um, to look at Frasier. That was the joke. Well, this is the thing. He, and he then, would behold Frasier. What, everyone, oh, spinoff. How's that going to work? The show's like a, a hit right out of the box. And everyone's talking about Moose. Mm-hmm. And you read interviews with Kelsey Grant from the first season. He's like, every goddamn person asked me what it's like working with the dog. It's a dog. It's not an actor. Right. He's like, the dog looks at me. That's not acting. It's not impressive. I don't know. I saw some of those really funny scenes with the dog, and the dog's given something. Yeah, he's he's given something. Looks, I agree. Yeah. It's yeah. just the thing of like actors are really trained animals anyway, and they don't like to admit it. He right? does not like to admit it. He doesn't it. like yeah. to admit it. Um, M. Night Shyamalan, the <laughs> Frasier of this podcast, our first guy. And when we were trying to figure out what the show was going to be moving past stars, you know, we come up with this blank check premise. Yep. And it's like, well, the obvious guy I talk about is M. Night Shyamalan. He was yours and Wachowski's were mine. Yeah. I mean, they, those are the first two guys we brought to the table as like, these are the right. But it just felt definitive. obvious that it's like, yeah. well, M. Night Shyamalan is the exact case study of what we're interested in here. And at that point in time, we thought we were more going to cover people who had like rise and fall arcs in that kind of way. Right. Sure. Like people who kind of lost The it. visit hadn't come out. Visit had come out. We hadn't seen. We it. hadn't seen it. That's what it was. Sure. Now Split I hadn't. also just want to say, Marie. I don't know if you know this, but uh, there was a period of time where I was really trying to sell them on the name. Mm. Uh, what was it? Uh, Griffle, Griffle and Simsburg. Yep. <laughs> what? Yep. He said we need yep. a cleaner branding post Star Wars, and he sent us a doc with a bunch of suggestions. But the ones that w- that was like circled a bunch of times was Griffle and Simsburg present. Oh, like Siskel and Ebert. Well, yes. In fact, that is what Ben was going for. Yep. Oh, no. Yep. Griffin and Simsburg. Griffin well, and Simsburg. I mean, pitch. we can always, like the new Frasier reboot, reconsider. But just wanted to remind yes. you guys and our listeners, that was a thing I had suggested. That is what the subtitle is for the new Frasier uh, reboot. Frasier, colon, a reconsideration. <laughs> <laughs> colon, a peacock original. Um... Our guest today, of course, for the first time on main feed, is someone who does not run the social media accounts for Griffel and Simsburg. No. No. But she has recently become a big part of the Blank Check family. And if you're on Patreon, you heard her on our March Madness updates, uh, where she had a very easy, normal time running the March Madness votes. No complaints. Uh, Marie Barty Party Party. Hi. Hey, guys. Philly native. Now- Threw her name down and said, well, if we're going to talk old, I want to talk M. Isn't Night. Marie mentioned in the Wide Awake episode? Because Marie is yes. in Wide well, Awake, Mar- right? I, I, Marie is fun here. Fact, I'm I, to I am in Wide Awake. Right. I His believe. I believe I was mentioned in the Village episode okay, oh, when Derelict was the guest. I think he right, was yeah. the one who gave us the yes. bombshell info that you were in. It. Uh, yeah. yeah, I have a I have a very long history with uh, with M Night Shyamalan. We're gonna get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, um, let's get into it right now. But yes, but you are in Wide Awake. That is, I the am one. in Wide Awake. I am a uh, non SAG background performer. Wow. Uh, 
Griffin and David, you both grew Please, up. Call us Griffel and Simsbert. Griffel and Thank you. Griffel and Simsbert, you both grew up in metropolitan areas. You New know? York City, I think. New York City, I think yeah. only New York. I think so. You guys are only from the New one York. And, yeah. um, and so you have spoken about, you know, being spotted by casting oh, directors looking for kids. Ridiculous, absurd privilege where right. if you are a fucking, a fucking spoiled little Lord Fauntleroy who goes to a private school in New York City, you you cannot uh, avoid getting brought into five open yes. casting calls. Exactly. Well, because they're looking for moppets. I'm from a, a little city 99 miles from New York called mm. Philadelphia. Mm. And uh, I was in the second grade. And there was an unknown filmmaker named M. Night Shyamalan who uh, had also gone to my grade school, Waldron Mercy Academy in Marion Station, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. At this point, for folks who did not listen to our M. Night miniseries, he's made one film. It's called Praying with Anger. It was released, I believe, in one theater. I think it only played at the Cinema Village in New York City. It's a, a tiny budget film that he starred in himself. So Wide Awake is a big step up, but this is a guy who does not really have any reputation at no. this point in time. Yeah. Uh, just complete no one. Um, he wrote this movie about his time in Catholic school, mm-hmm. uh, the same Catholic school that I was at the time attending. It wow. starred Joseph Cross mm-hmm. and Robert Loggia, and most importantly, Rosie O'Donnell as a nun. The reason I saw it opening weekend. Yeah. Robert Loggia is the kindly grandpa who's like, it's okay, uh, yes. Wide Awake kid. Yes. You gotta run. Yeah, you gotta right. run. I'm gonna be dead soon. Right. So, I'm going to a beach. He's all flashbacks in the movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's the the kid that Joseph Cross plays is dealing with the death the of death, his grandfather. Right. right. Um so yes, a of very, course, this is one of my five favorite movies. Yeah. <laughs> a very wise decision on the part of production was to shoot it, you know, at an active school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they used all of us students as either background or uh, some older kids uh, got featured roles. And it was my first time on a movie set. I was eight. You got the bug? I got the bug. I was, I got to sit in a, in a hair and makeup chair to go through the works very quickly. They didn't really do anything to me because I was one of like 60 children that they were seeing that day. Uh, but it was very exciting. And then we um, all got the option of going to the premiere in New York at the Ziegfeld Theater. Wow. It was a Miramax production. Yep. So uh, Harvey Weinstein was there and mm. Bob Weinstein. Mm. And hmm. weirdly enough, Al Gore. Oh. Hmm. Um, I'm not. Well, I'm he s- wanted America to be wide awake to the threat of ex- climate change. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is 99? No, this is 90. This is. The 98. Oh, no, no. Six Sense is 90. Nine, 99. Six Sense is 99. This is like 90, 97. 97, 98. I was in second so grade. In in the film came that's, out. that's the thing I'm trying to assume. Yes. Film came Al out in March uh, 1998. Al Gore okay. is currently the vice president of the United States. Wow. I still to this day have no idea why he was there. He Bill, still is, I need in my to... opinion, I'm a stop the stealer for that far. I think he's still vice president. Sure. I think the rest of it's been staged. See, I'm just imagining like, Al knocking on Bill's door, the Oval Office, and going like, "Hey, Bill, I need to borrow Air Force One. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go see wide awake. See wide awake. This is a tie tie kid, <laughs> and he needs kid. to be wide the awake. The movie's Loja. called Wide Awake, but he's Loja's asleep. In. Clinton's <laughs> hyped up about Loja. I love that guy, Robert Loja. 
I'm doing real yeah. half-ass glory yeah. and impressions. I, can you say can you say lockbox for us? Lockbox. Lockbox. I was on more for Halloween in fucking 2000. <laughs> that sketch still kills. Yeah, it's still so good. Where you, and then you, and like I remember I show it to someone. I'm like, he, he said lockbox. Like, <laughs> you, you don't need to worry to about why. <laughs> yeah, not only that, but like he said lockbox, and then Twitter didn't exist, so no one made the joke for seven days. Right, everyone was just like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> Which, yeah. speaking of, I, I want to resume the wide awake conversation. But it is funny that, like, uh, the the couple times a year we get to cover a new release movie, right? People are like, oh, man, I can't wait to hear the bits they're going to do, this and that. I do feel like it's now gotten to the point where it's like SNL, not in terms of our uh, prominence, but like, oh, a debate happens on Tuesday or whatever. And then the next six days, everyone's tweeting what jokes they think right are yes. gonna be made where right, i'm just like right, right. i had a bunch of stuff in the chamber and it's like i can't do old member i love old it's kind of at this point it's already been done and by Everyone the time did this it. episode's released right that's what i'm saying that's why we're going back to the lockbox that's why we're going lock, back to the lockbox lock because all the old jokes have been taken i have this urge to do my taxes right now and i don't know why man I, I, what's you, going on? Did you always have those <laughs> hairs coming out of your ears no, no. wait what oh my oh, god I, they're so long What's happening like to me? Weirdly long. Yeah. yeah. Like, Do I need to like, shave them? Are they that distracting? I can get you a little, like, a little clipper that you put in. You can use it on your nose hairs too. I'm seeing a bit of those. Oh God, I'm hideous. I'm I, sorry. I'm so sorry. You have to no, no, see no. me like it's this. fine. It's fine. What was the name of the movie that Jack Nicholson and Marlon Brando did together? Uh, the Missouri Breaks, 1971. Oh, God. Thank you for having a quick answer. That solved a lot of problems. Saved a lot of time. The Missouri Breaks. Um, I wish someone would have told him. Marie, question for you. Yes. Uh, this experience, uh, filming Wide Awake, uh, kickstarts your love affair with the movie making process. It, it does. Um, now M. Night, as we said, has no reputation at this point in time. He's not a known quantity, but beyond that, only one movie later, not only is he this prodigy, is he on the cover of Time Magazine, is he Oscar nominated, all this sort of shit, but he also then immediately has a thing that made him such a prime subject for us at the beginning of Blank Check like a brand, right? He's got yes. an identity. People have an idea of what he represents. He remains, if not the biggest name involved with any movie, like kind of splitting the bill. Because you even think about it, the period of time where he's working with like huge movie stars at their peak, the advertising is, can you believe Mel Gibson's in an M. Night Shyamalan movie? That's you know? True. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. And half the time, he is the biggest name. Um, I remember it being a huge deal when Bryce Dallas Howard was cast as the lead in the village because it was like her first thing. He's going to make it. And it was, oh, that's a star making role. Right. It was like the same conversation that people had when Rooney Mara was cast in Girl with Dragon Tattoo. Right. right. It was right. the role every right. 20, early 20s it actress was, like, was hunting he's for. He's either right. working with the top, he's making stars himself, you know, but it's like everything's right in that decision. What was your memory like of him? on set i'm curious what he was like in those early days especially before he has any sort of reputation to uphold uh so i was um i was like eight mm -hmm, so sure. my memory of him specifically so you were young i was very young uh it is not, not it no i was not old i was i was young i was about the same age as um the the little boy what's his name trent casper no oh, sorry well okay. also probably casper's age as well yeah I, I was, you know, in between Trent and Casper's ages. Sure. Um, I don't really remember him on set. I remember him at the premiere yeah. of the movie um, because he, it was, you know, you're at the Ziegfeld and then there's like a podium and it's like Harvey Weinstein goes up and he speaks. Yeah. 
and he's a big character. Sure then fucking Al Gore yeah. goes up and speaks. And then it's this little guy yeah. who just seemed, I mean, I think Knight must have been like mid 30s at the time. Yeah. And just, he just it was like, oh, it's this, this is the guy who made the movie. Like, I mean, I knew who he was, but it was, it just did not feel like he was the biggest star at his own premiere. It is funny how for like 10 or 15 years, M. Night got very caught up with like, I need to seem mysterious. I'm like a master right. of horror. I'm creating this sort of mystery around me, which obviously hits its peak with like the fucking buried secret and everything. Mm-hmm. Three of us went to see Old Together, Ben, Marie, Griff. David saw it himself earlier on a mysterious beach. And uh, at the Crosby Street Hotel, but sure. There's some weird rocks in the building of <laughs> the that Crosby hotel. hotel. Um, but when we saw it at an AMC, there was like a pre-movie message before M. Night. And it was just kind of a stark contrast of just like, now M. Night's like a totally avuncular like, hey, thank you so much for coming out to the sea. Yeah. Yeah. My movie old. I, I really hope it scares the I, shit out of you. Social media seems to have changed him in that regard because he's kind of active on it, he's, right? He's and he's active, very like fun dad on he's it. He's active yeah. on Twitter. The a thing that I think is interesting, I was just listening to um, a podcast on my ride over here um, to our uh, beach recording studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an interview he did with this NPR podcast specifically about uh entrepreneurship and resiliency Mm. i forget the name of the podcast but i will tweet about it um he refers to himself as mischievous and he is this guy's a little fucking scam i'll tell you that much after watching this movie he is an absolute scamp and he he referred to himself as mischievous instead of mysterious because it was you sure. know, it, how yes. do you how do you see yourself, Knight, as someone who originally got this reputation as being like a bit of a master of darkness? And getting caught and up in like, this that's not me. thing where it's like I have to be playing the role. Yeah, all I mean, the time. obviously we covered it in our podcast, and you should go listen back. But the yep. buried secret of M Night Shyamalan, mm-hmm. your yep. first movie role, right, which I was cut out of, um, yeah. is. Uh, is he that's that's not all height. of us make the final cut of M. Night <laughs> that's the height of him <laughs> sorry griffin i'm in the race in his scene own head <laughs> about his image as yes. the next hitchcock or yeah. whatever right. and he's like i need to present myself as this like spooky ghost right man. right <laughs> like, it's 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 fascinating but because as you said like when you step back you're like he's the guy who directed wide awake like, you're almost surprised this guy's a director there's yeah. something kind of like you know th- there is something impish about him. I, an interview, I feel like I probably brought this up at some past point in the pro, uh, podcast, but he did an episode of Norm MacDonald's very short-lived Netflix talk show that was incredibly good. And like most of his guests on that show were comedians, right? And you're like, why is M. Night going on this? But I think he's entered this state of being like very candid and open and reflective about it. Has everything. he done Marin yet? Oh, it's a good question. <gasps> has he? I don't think he has, but I i mean, here's it's got to be in the works. Yeah. Here's the thing. It doesn't look like he has. I don't think he could do Marin because I think Mark Marin, no offense to Mark Marin, uh-huh. probably still thinks of Shyamalan as like, what? That like bad movie director? Because this is the thing that's happened with old. Yeah. It's come out and this reaction has been predictable, right? right? But it's half people being like, God, it's so great to see this guy making movies that are original and interesting well, and let's just say, and doing obviously, his thing. Two movies that no one sees, despite the second one featuring a, a star-making performance from Marie sure, Barty. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Sixth Sense is a fucking global phenomenon. Right. He's a brand. Then it starts to be like, what's the deal? What's the deal? What's the deal? Sure. He becomes a joke. Bomb, bomb, bomb. Bottoms out. And then he's been on this upward trajectory since we finished the miniseries. Yes. 
But I think that... But, but Glass divided people, despite being profitable. I think that among many people... Yes. They're just still like, well, yeah, but he like makes bad movies, yeah, right? I've you know had what this I mean? conversation like, many times this week when I, Marie, what are you doing on Friday night? Guys, I'm going to see old. I'm so excited. Wait, the M. Night Shyamalan movie? Is it bad? Is it bad? Well, the reason I'm bringing up the timeline thing is just because I feel like when The Visit came out, people were like, that's surprisingly good. And even people like you and I were like, really? Can it be? Right. We watch it. We're like, fuck, it's good. By the time Split comes out, people are like, that looks good. Like people are surprised. Mm -hmm. There's no tongue in cheek nature to it. Fuck, that looks good. Comes out, people like it a lot. It's a humongous hit. When Glass was coming out, there was genuine excitement. This guy got his groove back. I would say, especially because of it's star-studded, yes. it's recalling his past glory. A sequel to two movies that people liked, mm -hmm. and then Glass did not win over a majority of the audience. No. So now Old you're back in this zone where it's like, oh, he's now back to very strong defenders and people who just laugh him out of conversation like, immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I just think there's this, I don't know. We're going to talk about it. I mean, this movie is exceptional. I agree. Love it. It's one of the best movies of the year. I think it's his best movie since the village. I, and that, I like a lot of his that other is movies. Pretty much what I'm, we said. I might agree out. with you. S tier. I walked out. I think I told you this. I'm not, I was yeah. like on a high. I'm loving yeah. it. Yeah. I'm get, I get a text from a film critic. I shall not name. Uh -huh. Who's a friend of the show. Was yeah. it a past and future. Yes. It was. <laughs> Damn it. Well, you and he's like him. nitpicking. He's like, oh, what, what was up with this? And I was just, I just, just like, stop fucking talking to me right yeah, now. Right. I, I'm on cloud I'm, nine. I'm riding an M night high. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to be brought to earth but with we, your negativity. The, like, we're, the movie ends, we're just sort of sitting there reeling, right, Marie, Ben, and I. And I'm just like, I love this guy so fucking much. And like, I get it. You're either all the way in or all the way out at this point. We've gone through so many cycles with this dude, you know? But like, I just fucking love what he is. I love who he is. I have more appreciation for even like the movies that I feel like I was more critical about back when we did the show. Like, Fucking After Earth and Last Airbender, you're never going to sell me on, right? The, but the ones I want to write, I want to go back to are Lady in the Water and Happening. Now, I know yeah. you were, you, you have your I'm pro sort Lady of in the Water. Lady I was anti-Happening, right. but I... Happening really, Wahlberg is just such I think disaster. old is better happening. Like, yes. You remember, well, it's far, but, but yes, but, I know, but, I get the comparison. When he was doing all the Happening press, his whole thing was like, look, I don't want to be pretentious. I'm not trying to win Oscars anymore. I'm just trying to make the best B movie of all time. And we were sort of critical of that where it's like, oh, he's like acting like he's above this thing. Or he changed, he's trying to change the narrative after the bad reviews came in. Right. And this actually feels like, oh, this is like a fucking champagne of B-movies. Like this is elevated Twilight Zone episode. That, that, that's, that's true. what that's, I want. From but it, it, is, it is interesting though, because I mean, yes, he does now refer to himself as mischievous, uh -huh. but he also referred to old as like Bergman Island, not to steal the title of Mia Hansen Loves movie, but still, I mean, I think there there are elements of it's true. art film in it. This is he's what like I He's like watching love Wild Strawberries and he's like, yeah, but what if this guy was at a beach that made you up? Like, <laughs> what, what if we like just kind of like hit the pedal to the metal or whatever? This is what I love and this is why I'm just like, look, maybe he's blown his career again, right? Like maybe he was back. Hear me out, hear me out. I think he was at a point where he had successfully for a couple of years killed all of the sort of obvious jokes about him. He had. It was partly by guess. Yeah, he had, basically. He had, right? Yeah, he I was, was, 
He was in a provisional but state in this where people under were the like, radar way. Yes. Where it yes. was like, I don't, if I stopped someone on the street and I was like, we heard a split, I don't even know if they would have known it was Shyamalan so much. I you mean, know what I mean? $150 million. No, well, well they, they did after this, the yeah. movie ended. Right. Right. Well, that's, that's right. Not. The fucking twist, all that well, sort of shit. It was so true. triumphant, you know? And it was like, this is a different style. He has dropped his pretension. But no, but his interviews kept on saying, like, I just want to scare people. I just want to scare people. Here's my argument. Yes. As much as, yes, sure, they knew Split was made by him. Yeah. But I do feel like with Split, not for nerds like us so much, but mm-hmm. for the general public, that was the James McAvoy movie. And right? just, oh, this thing looks scary. And But it was like, you watch it and you're like, wow, that's that movie where that actor I sort of know yeah. from like X-Men or whatever was really going wild. Let's acknowledge right? another thing, which mm, is... Blumhouse? Hey, yeah. Yeah, sure. And yeah. then the, right, the general. Right. It's, it's a horror, it's, it's sort of even a horror movie thing. I saw. Right. That's right. the other yeah, thing I was yeah, going to yeah, say yeah. is at this point, his career has been going on for like 20 years and someone like my sister, who is younger is like, Split looks scary. Should I see that? Right. And she does not know that Sixth Sense has a twist ending. She's not like cackling at the very sight of M. Night's His name, name. means nothing. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. that movie looks scary. It's made by that producer makes scary shit. The, the other thing to sort of acknowledge with this is like, and the, the Norm MacDonald interview, right? He sort of talked about his career bottoming out and feeling like he lost his way and went too far up his own butt and got really defensive. The more people criticized him, the more he doubled down on his shit. Yeah. And all that sort of stuff. But the other thing he said is like, you know, I, I got really successful really, really young. Sure did. He's not that old. How he, old is M. Night? I mean. Now he's, he's 40. He's no, 50 he's years 50. old. Okay. He was born he's in 1970. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, unless he's on any beaches. I, I, right. I, I, the know. point is he's 28, 29 yeah, he's, yeah, when The Sixth Sense comes time. out. That's his third movie. And it becomes one of the 10 highest grossing movies of all time. It becomes one of the youngest, best director nominees. All this sort of shit. Right. And he's like, it was so big. Everyone was like expecting all the shit for me. And I, I started buying into my shit like too much and all of this. And then he said like, you know, I think I lost my way. I was trying to prove people wrong rather than doing what made me happy. All this sort of stuff. Um, but the thing he said that I thought was really interesting was he talked about uh, how like it, it, he would study other directors' careers, right? And he would go, there's like this point in your career where you have a lot of ambition and a lot of ideas and you don't have the craft yet. You don't know how to make the movie yet, right? And then there's some fulcrum point where the two things collide in opposite directions. Your knowledge, your understanding, your experience of how to do the technical thing collides with you being in a pure creative state, Mm. you know? And you know what you're doing, but you're not over-intellectualizing it. And then from that point on, the two things start to go in the opposite directions again, and it's hard to get it back because you know what you're doing too well. You're trying to replicate success, all this sort of shit. And the thing he said was, I knew I had to be scared again. Like, I need to feel right. like I had something at stake here. So for Split, for Glass, and for The Visit, I said them in a mixed-up order. He goes to Blumhouse. He mortgages his house in Philadelphia. And he sure says, knows. I'm putting my own money into this, self-producing it. I need to feel like this movie needs to be a hit because it's literally my livelihood on the line. So he goes small. He goes insular. He has complete creative control. And those movies are... All three financial hits at varying mm-hmm. levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, old is, he's not at Blumhouse. He's a big universal. He's working with an actual budget again. This is sort of him for the first time in a little while back to playing by the old rules of how he used to operate. Well, mm-hmm. let me complicate this. Sure, sure. Um, I was, again, listening to this NPR podcast, mm-hmm. the name of which I'm forgetting. Uh, old was an interesting production because it was an entirely COVID shot bubble movie. Everyone wow. quarantined yeah. in the yeah. Dominican Republic. Yeah. So, they had to contend with the weather, which sounds, yes. you know, which Did is Did they start intense. right before COVID? No. 
They start right they after? They started in September of 2020. Yes. That's wild. So, so late it, September. Yeah. So I believe it was an eight-week shoot. Yep. And uh, they he Knight bought out the hotel. Yeah. And everyone who, you know, was there was fully there. No yeah. one was on set who wasn't supposed to be. And it was that he was kind of running his own little universe that he had complete uh-huh. control over. I think the movie maybe cost like $18 million, which... Uh, yep. Which, that's, that's the list of budget. Which yep. is... Uh, it's a budget. It's not a... Compared to what other movies made by directors at his level sure. in the studio system, it's fair. It's pretty small. But I'm correct. He didn't self finance this one, right? I don't, or at least but, not entirely. Uh, I don't know because I feel like he sort of reveals that later. I don't. Right. I don't. He kind so. of gives us an M Night Shyamalan because right. this is not a Blumhouse. It's right. Not, this no. is just yeah. a Universal film. It's big Universal, and I'm sure. I'm sure big Universal is totally fine greenlighting and. $18 million M. Night Shyamalan yeah, movie I'm sh- at this the point. The movie made back, you know, that domestically right, it, yes, that's on easy, Weekend right, One yes. during Delta. Like, right. you know, so it's yeah. like, you know, it, they're, they're not really taking a hit. Yeah. Um, it, it, is, it is just all interesting. I mean, he had, now I'm trying to like figure out timeline shit, but it's like this, the book that it's based on, I know he read when he was preparing for Glass. Someone found an Instagram post of his when he was prepping mm-hmm. Glass that he the bought a bunch of comics to try mm-hmm. to re-assimilate yes. himself within the current it's, comics it's landscape. A Belgian, I believe, uh, comic yes. book. But yes, from what I've heard, starting it, point. It, it, it's yes. right. It's it's yeah. a pretty b- right. vague. Right. He liked out it, point. but he right. more than I think he liked the basic concept, and he wrote right. what is largely an original film with that as a starting point. So, what so if I, there was a beat to the major? I world? think yeah. the film was supposed to start shooting. A few months before September. Okay, that's and what I was he, trying to figure out. he yeah. did as much as he could before getting to the Dominican Republic. Okay, he he storyboarded every shot. Mm-hmm. You know, every everything that he could prepare for, he did. And then you know he gets there and he see. I don't know how he didn't go into the granular details of the script and what was changed post COVID. Mm-hmm. It seems very much like it was. It it was uh, what is the word I'm looking for? It begins with a G. Means you're pregnant with something. Uh, gestating. Gestating. <laughs> yes. I was going to say gesticulating, but yeah. that's not the right word. It was gestating during COVID. Okay. The COVID resonance of the film. Yes. Is very. It's it, it's very strong. It does feel deliberate, and I think it probably is. Yes. He does say that he you know purposely made it two settings. Yeah. I mean, he well, was trying like to keep it as COVID small and way. as yes. COVID bubbly yes. as possible. It's it's a small group of people outdoors, yes, in a set location for most of the rent. I mean, it's the same thing as fucking White Lotus, where like yeah. I was talking about this with Rom yesterday, but HBO was like, we can't fucking film anything. Mike White, if you have any ideas that take place in Hawaii, we'll right. give you a green light in two months. Yeah, right. and you're gonna have 15 actors who are ready to do and it he's because just like they get rich people to resort. There's a murder, right. and they're like. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like, cool. Can Alexandra Daddario be in it though? Right. Sorry. But that's the thing. You get all this, like these fucking great actors because they have nothing else to do. Like that's old true. is similarly kind of ingenious in that way. Old has a pretty stacked cast of character actors. Yeah. And yeah. Good act. You know, no superstars yeah. obviously, but you know, like when, you know, someone like, uh, Thomas and Mackenzie. I'm like, oh, she must be sort of a secondary lead here, and it's like she's not really. Oh, the, she's what's the other girl? The 
the the girl with the the Australian actress. Oh, Eliza Scanlon. Eliza Scanlon. Yeah, yeah. Right. I was like, oh wow, Absolutely. she's in this too. And yeah. yeah, it's a she has a pretty small role. It's true. Yeah, but, I mean, it's all. I mean, like it's all kind of established people by and large. At these pretty roles. much. Yeah. And yeah. Is this Vicky Creeps's first? major release post Phantom right. Thread yeah. in the US. From, uh, you know, she has a brief part in um, The Girl in the Spider's Web, oh. which we all remember and love. Uh-huh. Of course, it's a movie that caught. definitely exists. We got caught in the web. We are all caught in the web where she plays, uh, I saw that film, uh, the the editor, I guess, of um, okay. Mike, whatever, you know, Daniel Craig, except it's not Daniel Craig anymore. It's uh, some other fucking, you know, yeah, the, yes, the, the, yes, the journalism yes, guy. Sure, sure. So she's some got a fucking small random. Part so wait, so she's like the Robin Wright role? Yes. She's the the, okay. the one at the magazine who's yeah. like, oh, what is your story about yeah. like the, the you know, the girl in the spider's web? And he's <laughs> like, listen, I can't sleep with you right now. I have to leave. And, you know, it's a thankless role. That's but the I, only thing I've seen her in. I she's do in, feel like Bergman you and I, I David, have spent the last like two plus years or whatever going like, where's Creeps? Where is Creeps? Where's Creeps? Just... Fire she had the, the world pan, wrapped man. around her finger. <laughs> Let's make some creeps. <laughs> Let's make some creeps. Who's from Luxembourg, Vicky Creeps? Right. She did she the should be Dossu like Secretary TV General. Series. She should be Secretary General. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, now right. she's in Bergman Island. Like now she's starting to do stuff again. But um like but yeah, she's picture. in that movie yeah. Beckett that right. uh, John oh, David Washington yeah. is in. Right, that, uh, right. That's right. a movie. That's, That's a, a movie. movie. I don't really know much about it, but yes. JDW looking hot. Uh, she's in a movie that Barry Levinson made called The Survivor. Interesting. Uh, that's going to be a tiff this year, I guess. I don't know. Okay. It's a Ben Foster boxing movie. Ben Foster boxing okay. movie. We all have to make our Ben Foster boxing movie. I at some cannot point. wait to hear about how he prepared for that role. <laughs> wait, what? What do you mean? You think he got in the ring with someone? I, look, I don't think he did less. I think I he probably a, did much more than he needed I just to. Saw, oh, right. I watched Ain't Them Body Saints. Foster's really good in that. He's, I yeah. mean, Ben Foster's great. I, I wish only the best for him. He, yes. He, he's great except for when he, you know, whatever, spills the ham. I tend to love watching him on the big screen. <laughs> right, right. And I perversely love watching him do interviews talking about what he did for those performances. <laughs> See, I don't know about that side of Ben Foster, but that's... Did he, like, hang out with dead soldiers for The Messenger? Absolutely. And the, I mean, the famous one is that he, he took all the drugs that... Uh, Lance Armstrong took and then in interviews was like, but I wouldn't recommend most actors do that. I just <laughs> needed to do it. He's actually good in that movie. That I'm movie sure is, he is. I yeah. he's usually like that good. movie. He's usually good. The funniest thing would be if he like hung out with birds to play Angel or whatever, right? <laughs> he just like <laughs> spent two weeks with birds. Speaking of, you know, age, you time, find, everything. <laughs> do you, did you guys ever watch that Canadian show that was on the Disney Channel? Was it called Flash, Flash Forward? Forward? It was him and Jewel State. Yeah. No, yes, I, I love that. Like there was Jim another Carey. show called Flash Forward. There are two shows called Flash Fla- Forward. He was on Goofy Flash Forward, which is sort of like a proto-Even Stevens. Yes. And he was playing like Shia Goofball dude. Yes. Sure, I mean, because I remember him as a young actor. He was he was very cute. He was on yeah. Six Feet Under. He was, but yeah. he was like doing the voices and the rubber faces and all yeah. that sort of stuff yeah geez here it is yeah it's a, a 1996 but i feel like there was some sort of time progression element like the opening segment like the the credits were him and jewel state as like little kids yes. and then you see them growing up really yes. fast and now yes. they're best friends but yes. also like you know adolescents so being a boy who's friends with a girl is kind of complicated yeah anyway 
Ben Foster is not in old. He's but not. old's no. got a great cast. Although yes. Ben Foster feels like he is dying to do a Shyamalan movie. Like you could imagine. Absolutely, he would. He would fit in the Philadelphia universe for yes. sure. That's yes, true. they'd be egging each other. And, and yeah. you give him like a Rufus Sewell type. Mm-hmm. Oh, can mm-hmm. we? Can we talk Unraveling? Rufus Sewell? We're yeah. gonna talk Rufus. Sewell. We we can. We're we gonna. can. Tr- I guess we can get there. But we'll, we'll get there. We're gonna okay. talk. Yeah, we need to wait There's for the, the van to come and bring us to right. Rufus. Sewell yeah, car. M Night needs to drive us in the van. That was an early thing. I mean, like going out of order here. But <laughs> when when M Night is driving the van and then opening the gate, we, Marie turns to me. Her like brain is exploding. She's like, "This is the best director cameo of all time. It is right? incredible." It's something he's let's, literally let's get driving you to the yeah. premise of let's the movie get it out and of the going, way. come right in. Here you go. Here's the. And pr- he is he's he's literally uh, table setting. He's and table like setting Shyamalan, and then he goes and then to he's a mountain. Filming them. I know. On a video believe village. Me. Believe me. I <laughs> saw going, it. I think the movie's over. I think we've hit the end. I, I believe me. M. Night Shyamalan, as we know, yes. loves to be in his movies. He does. Much like Big Al. Hitchcock yeah. used to do it. What's his name? Red Reddy? What was that character's name who killed Mel Gibson's it's, wife? I believe it is Red Reddy. Yeah. Yes. It, Reddy rings yeah. a bell. Sometimes he's bad, such as in Signs, where he plays the guy who killed Mel Gibson's Not wife. Not a great performance. Uh, sometimes he's, you're just like, oh, there's M. Night Shyamalan for yeah. a second. Yeah. Right? He's like playing a doctor. Uh, I'm a doctor. I think this kid can see dead people. And you're <laughs> like, fine. You did what you needed to do. He finally found the perfect thing. He he's good in this movie. He so is. good. I think he's good. he's good. It's actually it's a really good. It's charming use. that he's in it. But there's something a little bit squirrely about how he plays on camera. And I will say, I no longer think it applies to him in interviews. But as an actor, there's no, no, something no, a little this. uneasy about him. And that's perfect for this. Yeah, it's perfect for this where he's playing too hard to be like, "Hey, I'm like nice, chill guy." He has the one line because in the village, he's got that line where he's like. He has to explain like the entire plot of the also, village or his, whatever. His village cameo is like too fucking clever. And he, he's out of focus or whatever. Yeah. He's like putting. Right. He has the one line where he's like, "Yeah, I watched for like ninety seconds or yeah. whatever." It is. like he where yeah. he ex- and Dude. you're like, yeah. yeah, you're like, wait, that's not long enough. Okay, whatever, it doesn't matter. We're moving yeah. on here. But apart from that, perfect, yes. perfect, perfect. I just loved seeing him. Me the too. rear window shot with the big camera. Oh, so Love good. It. I was delighted. Well, I was if, cackling. If, yeah. if we're talking about him being mischievous, yes. It, it was quite an impish little cameo. He's yep. in on the joke. He's yep. in on the joke. Finally. Finally, Finally. he's in on the joke. I think, well, was he in on the joke in Lady in the Water? No. No. He, no. But that's no, the no, one no, that no, he's no. into. No, he, that's right. No. I forgot. That's no. the apotheosis. Of, that's the one where right. you need to tell stories because you help save but the that's, world. But you're saying, is he in on the joke and that's what we're missing about the right. Lady in the Water? I, I need to, I've only seen Lady in the Water once. I And I saw it like maybe four years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, it's so fucking weird. I don't think I was prepared for how weird, weird it is. The snar- what are they called? Snarfs? Snarfs. There's snarfs and scrunts. And, and, and you know. <laughs> Fred Rodriguez having one jacked arm. Yeah. Yeah. Fred and, you know, Paul Jeffrey Giamatti love, loves puzzles. drinking milk but, and like yeah. convulsing on a couch. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. Maybe, maybe it would, maybe I would benefit from seeing it again in a uh-huh. post mischievous night Shyamalan. Yes. You know, frame of mind. Is that the beginning of his I, right. I like yes, that movie right. a lot, but I don't think that movie is in on the joke. And I think that movie has a lot of comedy and a lot more humor than people were expecting. It's a very sincerely told movie. Yes. In the world, right? It has that sort of storybook. I mean, right. she's playing a character called Story. I mean, but, you know, right? Like, that's what I remember of it. It's a, got this very a bedtime sweet, story by yeah. Anna Shyamalan. Right. I think that was all disarming to people because it was so different than what he was thought of as right. doing. But I think his, the framing of, 
him in that movie does not feel like it is in on the joke. But like, I think that's him reckoning with people told me I was the new Spielberg. I think this is him going, this is who I want to be. I want to be cackling at the top of a mountain. Yes. Mm-hmm. While weird shit happens to but some this people movie who don't know how to talk to each other. his kind of like Spielberg, if an iron girder just fell on Spielberg's head kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Down to the like 10 more minutes at the end where you're like, I okay. You know, like, you know, where you're like, do we need the 10 well, more minutes? And I'm like, you know what? I'll take the 10 like more Spielberg minutes. Like Spielberg starting out with minutes. like, you know, Night Gallery and Name of the Game sure. and then going to Duel and that sort of stuff. And Jaws. You're like, but, well, but I'm saying Jaws sort of becomes a Sixth Sense moment, right? Where it's like, you have elevated this to an art form. But he wasn't trying to. He wasn't. Neither was M. Knight, arguably. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right, right. And right. then M. Knight was like, you are correct. I did just do that. You know? Well, then that's the problem with the happening, the last airbender after Earth. He feels like he's scrambling. He yes. feels like he's trying to get By the, his own the old glories. Yes. Right. You right. Know, and right. Like, and he's like, I got to stop competing with who I used to be. I need right. to do. Right. But old, so good, guys. It's so, so good. good. I mean, some some scattered thoughts on this movie. Okay. You guys all saw it together. Did you have a good time? Great time. Ooh, can oh, I just yeah. can I just set the scene Last. really quickly? Yeah, I would like you to set the scene. So I there. we. Uh, I was asleep because I go to sleep at nine thirty. Ben, we saw ten thirty. Yeah, right, Ben yeah. Griffin and I went to a late screening of Old on Friday night, uh, which in Times Square. Square. In Times Square. Yeah. We, I mean, in the city that never sleeps. The the streets are filled with ATVs. They 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 were truly. We yeah. lit. I I Tons go up to Ben. I say hi, ATVs. Ben. Age a symphony of dirt dirt bikes. Ben, his eyes grow wide. He he, his mouth just. Well, because they're doing open. the thing where they fucking they're put it on the back on the tires and shit. Yeah, that shit sure, sure. Rules. Yeah, ben was, yeah. It was an amazing prelude. It was even better than Maria Menudo's prepping us for a movie. Yeah. yeah. So we we go we we see the movie. We have a great time. And I think I can't say I don't think the three of us have spent much time in Times Square in the last no. twenty months. So even that is kind of mood setting. Yes. But I was pushing like I think we should go to Times Square and opening that Times Square eyes is kind of who you want to see an M Night movie with. I've seen bad ones and I've seen good ones in Times Square when that people was are my big question. A How little was the crowd. Uh, Great question. <laughs> well, I, I would argue that maybe we were the only people who were watching the movie. We walk in, there are like I'm nodding in understanding. Two, two people in the theater, right? Where they're like five minutes before the movie starts. And we all kind of go like, oh, M night. People fill in. It's not a sold out screening, but people fill in. There was a woman who was sitting next to me I silently. Think she was. There was a couple at the end of our row. Yeah. I'm pretty sure when we were staying there yeah. after the credits talking, I'm yeah. pretty sure I saw her giving him a blowjob. A full blowjob. Interesting. Not a hand. Yeah. And I tried to tell you guys and you guys were, I guess You're you were. amped up about it. I'm like, you guys, we should leave. <laughs> I was going to say it seemed like she was watching the movie, but I guess. Well, I maybe was there wrong. was enough because they were at the very end sure. of our row. Maybe there was a woman in the. I think there was a woman. There was in the old middle. lady was like in the middle. That's yeah. what I was talking yeah. about. Yeah, no, there was another couple at the end that were having a good time watching. The old lady was like the one sitting closest to me. Uh, old lady, and then uh, there was like a rowdy group of teenagers, like fifteen of them, which is what I would expect at an M Night Shyamalan so, screening on a Friday. I would yes, expect that right. was ninety percent of the audience. There was yeah. one big group. They were sitting like five rows behind us and 30 minutes in, they moved like five rows ahead of us. Sure. Well, some of them did. Yes. There, sure. was a be- there was beef going you divide, on. You love yeah. when that happens at a, at a multiplex. They were joking about beating each other up. It was clearly a joke, but then they also sort of started doing it, but they were laughing while they were Yeah, doing it. it never felt like it was a threatening situation. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, it, there was like a constant um, 
soundtrack of conversation happening during the movie. Do you remember the thing you said to me? Because if you don't, I'd like to quote it directly, which I think you put it perfectly about the experience of watching the movie with these young men. No, you do it. You said this movie is- My memory is really bad. I don't know what's up. This movie is so good. M. Night so thoroughly has us in the palm of his hands that even a bunch of teenagers shouting, suck my dick every 10 (laughs) minutes couldn't distract you from the work he was doing. Like it was <laughs> engrossing. Like M. Night's back in the zone enough because some of M. Night's films, that would have broken the spell, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. And then what I added on to that was at some points in the movie when something weird was happening or something quiet was happening or there was a pause, they would make a fart noise or do something <laughs> stupid, right? That would kind of work against the energy of the movie, right? To Ben's point, I don't think it actually disrupted. I think we were so yeah. in on it. That it wasn't breaking the spell. That having been said, the thing that I found very satisfying was these guys absolutely coming into the screening with their own shit, trying to be bigger than this movie above it and all that. There were as many moments where the movie got quiet and it was pin drop silent. And I was like, you fuckers think you're clowning on this movie, but right, he's got but it's, you. It's kind of yeah. got you. Right. And yeah, then the yeah, next yeah. scene, they go like, whatever. But right, it's like, right. no, he had you there for a couple minutes. He yeah. really had it you It almost there. started to feel forced because the yes. movie's momentum, it's it's going it so fast mm-hmm. that I think it earlier in the, the, the showing, they were doing that. And I feel like even towards the end, it became really like less frequent. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, look, there are people who hate this movie and they think it's fucking stupid. Uh, it's America. You're a tell to your opinion. Yes. But I do think this is one of those movies where it's not like the thing that I feel like I'm not used to get dinged for where it's like, oh, my God, amazing premise. And then halfway through, take some catastrophic turn and the thing goes off the rails. Right. I have found that the people who don't like this movie don't like it from the beginning. And they're like, this is boring. It's ridiculous. It gets more ridiculous. Or you're fucking on his wavelength. And then it just builds and builds and builds and builds. I don't know anyone who liked this movie and then it lost them agree with that I, people who don't like the movie right we're not on, it's not like they were like but i've seen complaints about the ending absolutely i don't right. love the ending hmm. i i you love know how the beach makes you home i know i love how the beach i love the reveal of the um pharmaceutical company or whatever that is yeah doing the exper- human experimentation. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Spoiler, spoiler. You shouldn't have listened to this episode. No, if you go see old. old. Yeah. Old. Uh, it's about a beach that makes you old. Uh, I did not. I, I wish that we sat in the discomfort of that moral quandary longer. And we uh, just, sure. we discussed this as we were leaving and yeah. Griffin, you had a good argument that maybe the movie does, that it has a bit of a, the end of the graduate sort of ending with the two kids that, who that are is- adults on the helicopter going back to face the real world, not really knowing what's going to happen and how they're going to deal with their new bodies and their new lives. I I, I think it is one of his better twists if you just look at the reveal of the pharmaceutical studies, right? And then the question is, what is the right note to end on in the aftermath of that reveal? No, the question is, uh, what if a beach made you old? Well, of course. And my second question, my follow-up question Mm -hmm. is, what is the right note to end on in the aftermath of that reveal? Right. And Marie, your immediate take was like, I'd kind of like it if they die in the coral, you cut to the study, and then that's sort of this very bleak, odd, jarring ending, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than mm-hmm. giving them a victory. And what I said is, I'm still kind of chewing on the ending. I don't know where I land totally. I dislike it, but I'm trying to figure out, like, which ending I think leaves you with the most interesting thoughts. My argument was, yes, the, the sort of helicopter thing of, like, A, what the fuck is their lives right. now? What are right? they going to do? Are they right. going to, like get jobs ends on this glib joke of like how do you think your aunt would respond if her six-year-old nephew was a 50-year-old or whatever right whatever weird 
we should have done it in July joke this movie ends on, right? Sure. But the other thing I kind of like about it is like you have this study, those scenes are played very straight, right? It's this very interesting moral quandary of just like trolley car problem. So what if they let 10 people die on the beach if you're actually curing diseases forever? That's a difficult question. Is it fucking worth it? All this sort of stuff. It's a good kind of Twilight Zone. Like It's Twilight zone but again, the whole Shyamalan thing where like... Who are the real monsters? Yes, but also there's a little bit of a sort of like someone got hit in the head in the middle of writing the script. Because Absolutely. I'm also like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a Why are they all on the beach at the same time? Can't we just do one at a time? Well, there's so many problems with your stupid experiment. But, but I don't care about that. Yeah, this is the other thing. Because it's this is, to be old on the beach. When, when we did Shyamalan... Uh, originally, I had not really like become a Twilight Zone fan. And since then, I've watched uh-huh. most of them. And not only that, it's been a show I go to like a lot, especially when I'm in like stressful periods of my life. It's like a comfort food show I rewatch and all of that. And there's something about the style of that show that very few people have been able to replicate or translate or carry over into anything else, including the many attempts at trying to modernize the Twilight Zone, right? Mm-hmm. And it is that, like, it is not a subtle show at all. No. It is a very theatrical show in terms of performance, in terms of direction. It's a real showcase for both. And it's got big fucking ideas. But there's something about the fact the worst season of Twilight Zone is the one where they were like, what if it's an hour? And they all become laborious. Right, right, right. When they're fucking 25 minutes long, they're not subtle, but there's something about the economy and the impact and the density of what they're doing that you forgive the cartoonishness in certain things, right? The bonk on the head feeling because it's like, Look, we got to set these characters up in three pages because then the setup, the reverse needs to happen on page six. Mm -hmm. And then there has to be the status quo for 10 pages so that we can come with the ultimate reveal or the twist or whatever it is. And he actually has made like a Twilight Zone movie that I think sustains that stuff for two hours, which is 108 minutes. Right. Which is which is pretty fucking wild. And that ending feels like that to me, too, where a lot of those Twilight Zone endings, it just sort of goes somewhere else. You have an ending that feels like an epilogue to something else. You go to a different location, you reveal different characters, your perception of the thing was wrong, you go to a different scene, and it's just like, here's its own little capsule story that reframes what you watched before. There's something I like about the starkness of just ending with that, right? Mm -hmm. Does it really make sense? No, David, as you said, the organizational thing makes no fucking sense, but there's a point he's trying to make, and he's trying to make it. I don't care. That's my whole thing. I love the metaphor. I don't care. The metaphor is just so rich. Yes. And like, this movie is so sad and beautiful. Agreed. It's so and sad. And it's so visually in- adventurous for him, I would say. I agree. Or- I, I want to make this one final point before we get into that. What I do like about the ending, aside from just the weirdness of what's their fucking life now, right? And you've already introduced the question of the morality of shutting down the thing. I like that the ending feels like it might be a little bit tongue-in-cheek where it's like, Look, they got the cops. They took them down. It's triumphant. They're fucking Jurassic Park helicoptering home. The music is swelling. They're enjoying each other. And it's like, they might be the villains. The two kids might be the villains here. I don't know if they're the villains. Well, what, what in the name of the greater good is more they're important? they're not the villains. You know what I'm saying? That they might have actually stopped something. I like the question. I'm not saying I think they are. I like the question. Sure. I've been thinking about this in this conversation while we're having this conversation. I'm trying to think of the bigger picture. M. Night. What is he trying to say politically, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera? Um, 
I've had a lot of um, climate change anxiety recently. Mm -hmm. This is a movie about raising your children during climate this change. This is about this opinion. is a movie about, you know, maybe it's okay if you're old right now, if you're you've already lived half your life. Yeah. And you you know, you you're it's okay that we're scientifically experimenting on you and you've already had a nice uh, you've already went to prom Bru and I think had I your first kiss and you already had those memories. You were able to become a parent. I think to zoom out, it's a movie about like what do you do when we're maybe 15 years away yeah. from a complete collapse? The moon is wobbling. Right. Like everything's a fucking. I'm, not I'm sorry. What's I'm up? I'm not afraid David's of the wobbling. The moon is The moon is. Wobbling? Have you not heard about this, Ben? It's the moon is wobble wobbling. for a little bit. And so the it's tides gonna are going to be. It's going to wobble. The tides are going to be a little saucy for 10 to 15 what years. What the fuck? It's wobbling a little bit. A wobble. How did it get all, like loose? It's, well, I don't know. Why moose, don't you? Moose was on the loose. <laughs> moose was on he the loose. He just watched the moon. He wobbled the moon. Yeah. That's he gave it a wild. look. He gave it a stern look. What are you going to do? Sometimes moons wobble, okay? Well, but these are the things that M. Night's fucking reckoning <laughs> yeah. with. Yes. yes. I mean, and, you know, the happening is also about the, you know, what we're doing to the environment. We're making the environment angry. Yeah. I mean, it's just, right. it, it's, I think it's something that maybe gets put on the back burner with his work as a whole because people get so focused on. The twists. Mm -hmm. But I think he he is kind of grappling with big issues in a lot and, of his films. And this movie is existential. Like he's... It's very... He also, you know, a theme that he returns to a lot is like the dignity of children. Mm. And like they're... They haven't been corrupted. Right. Well, they haven't been corrupted, but also the fact that, you know, you should speak to them on their level, understand their experiences yep. and what they're going through. And, you know, we shouldn't dismiss them. Yeah, no, kids are the heroes of what? Like Wide Awake, Sixth Sense, The Visit. I'm signs, sure. arguably. Signs, absolutely. Signs. I mean, I mean Unbreakable. Under, unfortunately, Unbreakable. You know, the sun's such a huge big part. part and glass, glass such a big the, obviously. The Visit. I mean, that one kid who raps visit, is annoying, visit, but yeah. it's about the kids recognizing yeah. that something's bad and no yes. one listening to them. Even no Anya Taylor-Joy, you could argue. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, this is the thing. I, I have not fully formulated my take on this but i'm i'm working on it because like you and i were talking about this david i hadn't seen the movie yet you were sort of talking about the complaints people have right and w when people you were mean, like dialogue things like people that. were like people how is it possible he still hasn't figured out how to write dialogue to which i say that's how he writes dialogue yeah, like, you, you know, can dislike it but to say like he fundamentally doesn't know how to do it is like what i said to you was it's like pinging fucking Douglas Sirk for not being naturalistic. I'm just like, can you dislike it or can I get mad at you and, and, and tell you to shut the fuck up if you don't like his dialogue? It's a taste. I mean, look, sure. maybe it's cilantro, right? And it fucking mm. hits like, your tongue differently. Like, where, he like, is kind of the cilantro of But he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He can't stand when people talk about dialogue where they're like, well, people don't talk like that. And Who I'm gives like, a they shit? They don't go to beaches that make you old <laughs> yeah. either, you, you, you person. Yeah, here's another thing. Sorry. People are fucking weird, okay? Sure. Like, I spent this last weekend in New Jersey doing meet and greet shit for the He-Man show, right? For Masters well, of the humble Universe. Brag. Humble brag. I bring this up only because I spent 20 months being largely in seclusion. Only in the last, like, six weeks have been seeing people again, right? Mm. But even still, I'm not going out into public. I'm not meeting a lot of strangers, whatever. And I had two days where I was, like, meeting a lot of people sure. in very short conversations. Guess what? There was no standardized way that people talk. And I say this because I went through a fucking weekend of having to readjust my brain every five minutes to a very different way that every that, single person true. communicated. The other thing about it is like, I think his dialogue is very on the nose. Um, when people say things, 
it's often serving a plot utility. They're yes. saying things that will be picked up later or He's giving you, you the have the weird quirk of right. the kid who asks everyone's occupation. This is my point. And, I'm going to come back to But honestly, kids, Kids are fucking the weird, and they do that. Perfect fucking okay. sense to me. Okay, Look, so this, now, now, this now could my, Vicky yeah. Creeps have maybe said that she worked at a museum a couple less times? Sure. Maybe. But sure. she, she works at a museum. She, she probably works for the University of Pennsylvania's Archaeology Museum. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. They're from, of course, Marie texts me seconds out of the movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is there a Philly connection? I'm like, don't oh, worry. It has to be. They're from Philly. Well, yeah. Philly. I mean, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, I tweeted something that was like, I swear to God, if like Gail and first... Vicky are not Penn professors yeah. on vacation, I don't know what I'm going to fucking do. I, I was half expecting the twist to be that the beach was in Philly the whole time. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> that this they is faked a, the plane The flight. shores of the school. It was like a Truman Show style trip where they fell asleep and then they rearranged yeah. everything. Wait, around why them. is that? You can't go in the water. <laughs> the water you can't go in the water. That's the tell. Yeah. No, but this was the thing I was sort of talking through with Maria, right? And I haven't, I haven't totally come to it. Okay. But like, he at this point has now had several movies where you have characters who are like weird computer brain people mm-hmm. who are obsessed yeah. with like stats and facts and the numbers. Happening. You've got Wahlberg's always talking well, math. No, uh, the uh, uh, Leguizamo's the one who's like Leguizamo, crazy sorry, about. Yeah. Leguizamo's the one. Sorry, I forgot. Right, about. but when people are like. Here's the thing I know very well. Even the way that like Unbreakable opens with like, here's how many pages of comic books are printed right, per year. Right. This weird, like very didactic. Mr. Glass's whole personality is right. like that, the way he right. talks. And this you yeah. have the kid who's like, I need to ask everyone what their profession is. But you also have Gael being the, the actuary who like, has to like, run it, through the stats. There's a 96% chance that right. if you're dying on a beach, you have heat stroke or... Right. You, know, he's like you have a that. doctor right. and a nurse and like a fucking yeah. museum master and yeah. all this sort of stuff, right? I do think, especially with how much his movies are about children, there is this... I, I want to say sort of like there is a point of view to that. It is not arbitrary. Even look at like uh, Jeffrey Wright's like I don't know. I understand puzzles. Puzzles are the only thing I understand. Sure. There are all these people who are like caught up in these codes and these languages and these like knowledge bases that they can understand. Right. And I think it's all about people trying to make sense of a nonsensical world, yep. especially in movies that are increasingly about absolutely bonkers, bananas things happen to quote unquote everyday people. Right. Because he doesn't make movies about extraordinary heroes. He makes movies about people who somehow have these things foisted upon them. Right. And I, I think there is that element of just like, it's about people contending with a world that doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense even before the nonsensical thing happens. I also think he is somewhat still confounded by the way that adults talk to each other. And I don't think he is failing to write adults correctly because he doesn't get it. I think he is sort of saying like, it is weird that grownups just go like, oh, yeah, and the Dow and this and that and the numbers and the da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that he understands more kids who are able to just sort of go like, who are you? What do you do for a living? Why am I sad? You know, who aren't obfuscating their language and all these weird sorts of codes and no, I think that's secrets and right. shit like that. To go like full M. Night autourism, like just a yeah. little bit of background. Because at this point, it's such a pattern that there right. has to be, whether well, it's conscious or not, something larger he, going he, on. There. He is, he is, he was born in India. Yes. He is an immigrant. Yes. His parents are immigrants. His parents are doctors. He's not Catholic. He's, like, he goes to Catholic school for 10 yep. years. He's indoctrinated sure an entire. Well, Catholic and then Episcopalian, but still. Sure. Christian. He, yes. the Catholic stuff is especially, you know, having gone to the same school night went to we had one girl in the school who was jewish 
and her bat mitzvah became stuff of legend because mm. it was so foreign to us. Sure. Uh-huh. So to, you know, it was not a very diverse place and he obviously, it was very, it was very white. He's got an odd he outsider insider an, status. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I think that is, you know, a, a theme that is, he, he chooses to best express through children. Yes. Right. Um, and, and his yeah. movies are always, almost always about to one degree or another people grappling with their belief systems, right? And sometimes it is overtly religious and sometimes it is a much smaller kind of thing. It can be tied to a relationship or a sense of self or whatever it is. But that, that is deliberate. And I, I watched uh, our bud and, uh, buddy Jordan Fish sent me, he did one of those, I get confused which magazine does which fucking YouTube series. But it's the one where it's like the most the, searched. The autocomplete. Right. Uh, it's Wired or GQ or whatever. They're all content. Right. Anyway, and yeah, they were yeah. asking him some question about like his, his sense of religion and faith and all that sort of stuff. And he said, it, it is, it's about belief systems for me. I wish I wish he could have made Life of Pi. We we talked about I that. Know. I would have loved to have seen his Life of Pi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, do, like I like I like Aang's version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at that point in time, it was like maybe don't let him do this. And now you're like, would have right. been. Yeah. Cool. I mean, it, it, was a, it kind of did feel like a movie. It's yes. perfect he was material supposed to do. for him. Right, right. Yeah, but he was so right. He was so lost at that. There point. was also. Do you remember that pre-split? It was announced that he was like going to do his smaller drama, and it was like a, a faith-based Bruce Willis I, drama. Yeah, I remember that. Not like a not Floating like a there. Uh, right, not a fireproof left movie. behind right, yeah, yeah. faith-based drama, but it was like it sounded like more, more of like a return to one or like a wide awake sort of thing. It was like a movie about like a guy having like a, a mental breakdown, going on like a walkabout to find himself again. I'm not sure I want him to make that. I don't this know is the thing. either. I it think was interesting he does, that he wants. Doesn't to he doesn't get to be mischievous in a movie like exactly. that? I, agree. I do think he works best in genre. That sounds a little po-faced for exactly. him. Which yeah, plays he understands that about himself now. Yes. And but at the same time, it's like Lady in the Water. He strayed too far into Poface. Uh-huh. Happening, he strayed too far into trying to just make an R-rated movie. Right, it was kind of like you know, like whatever. The, 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 the happening, the marketing doomed it as much as anything. Well, no, the movie's bad, but whatever. Yeah, I need to I, rewatch. Parts, it. Of, too. parts, parts of, of it are good. Are there are good. sequences yes. that are very that are incredible, arresting. But that's always been Look, true. It's right. also one of right. these things where it's like. I'd love to rush the happening and like it more. I don't know if you ever can fully get past the fundamental miscasting of those two actors. It's like yeah. such a... It's... Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, there was a, a topic on the Blankies Reddit the other day mm. that what posed the question... Dual? Well, no. Yes, but no. Uh, is Do this a bit? Do these yeah. guys yep, like really yep. like old? Is this another Sully thing? And was but the Sully thing We like bit? Sully. Yes. People yeah. don't get it. And as we said, if M. Night is the cilantro of filmmakers, yeah. I'm sorry he tastes like soap to you. Right. But to, to us, the way that I, I commented in that thread and I tried to explain it is like, he makes decisions that call attention to themselves. Right. If which we some people talk, hate. Which some people hate. But hey, can we just like talk a bit about his camera choices, which I, I think are okay. yeah, the yeah, yeah. most exciting thing about well, this. So and this is maybe his most adventurous yes. film it's in brilliant. that sense. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Everything he does with the camera. There's also this shit so in this that I don't even understand yet, but I'm so fascinated by the fact that he's doing shit I've never seen before and that he's clearly going for something Yeah, that I want to watch it eight more times to try to parse. I mean, it's so good. It sounds so crazy. I read, I think it was Creeps, 
some interview with her where she was talking about how complicated all the camera moves were. It must have been an yeah. very, very annoying well, to make. Because he, you know, he's, like, he's like bobbing and weaving so yeah. much. Well, you know, he the camera, it feels very deliberately like a pendulum, which would be in a clock because mm-hmm. we're all... Tick. Tick Talk. fucking talk. Weird rhythms, repetitions. Yes. We, yes. we get it set up when uh, our, you know, little family checks into their hotel suite. And we, it is, it appears to be a single unbroken shot of mom and dad kind of getting used to their surroundings, discussing yes. their trip while the kids disappear into the background. Yeah. As the camera continues its unbroken shot, the kids then re-enter and they're wearing bathing suits. Mm. And it already is preparing the audience to expect that once we get this kind of shot, something is going to change. Right. Dude, Things people, people are going will, to will change. Go He's always about lulling you into weird sort of like patterns and rhythms again. You know, but but setting this weird like sense of unease even in the quote-unquote normal scenes in the movie it's so much better than a jump it's this sort of like thing where you're like when's it gonna cut something's gonna happen you know like that why why is that person framed only in the corner why are they gonna people like grow bigger than the frame which i love like he like moves in on them where you're like wait why is that person's head cut off right is is, is this masked wrong and then you're like no like they're just like they're growing outside of the frame right Right, but he's, it's just, it's a very deliberate building sense of unease and also setting up certain visual games that he will repeat later, training you to understand how to process some of the images that he's going to repeat. Beyond that, on just a even more simple, basic as fuck level, the movie starts and like 90 seconds in, I'm like, right, it is so fucking good to watch any movie, let alone a major American studio film getting a wide release where there is no arbitrary coverage. And you can no. fucking feel right. that. There's not a single shot in this movie that feels like an AD going, hey, you might want to have this just for editing options. Every single shot in that movie is so deliberately thought out that even the ones I don't get, I want to spend time trying to figure out why he picked well, that. Well, but it also, it, it goes back to, you know, how he, he said that he had to plan everything meticulously because they couldn't shoot yet. And he did none of it, obviously. No. He did none of he it had, the normal, easy way that to, anyone else to would choose. think about yes. it and make weird choices and storyboard. Yeah. And then get there and shoot it. There's that moment when they're on the beach and it's, I guess, the kids who become Mackenzie and Wolf and Scanlan, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember what, like, you and I turned to each other and went, what is he doing? Where it's like this very fast moving, it feels handheld, but like yes. CGI assisted where it's like, it's focused in on one kid and it's tracking with his body. And then when another kid runs by, suddenly the whole rhythm of it changes. Is this when they're playing freeze tag? Yes. Yes. Because yes. that sequence is incredible. And I, I think, was just like, I don't know what he's doing on a technical or thematic yeah. level. It's so and it's cool. so it's ju- I think it's cool. just supposed to freak us out. Like what also, is going on with these kids? I also don't know how he did that. I don't even know how to describe that. Right. I've never seen How anything. does he articulate what he wants to right. his DP? Right. I have no idea. No idea. No idea. It's fucking cool. But beyond that, how cool to see a fucking guy at this point in his career, 20 p- films in, who is still this playful, who is still pushing himself. Mischievous. Who is still trying shit. This little fucking imp. Yeah. Ben, what'd you think of old? I feel like Ben needs to jump in here. Well, no. I mean, I'll, I'll find my moments. Okay, okay, I was going to okay. say, Have though. Have you been hearing us okay, just... Ben, as we've been talking about this movie? It's been hard to hear <laughs> a little bit. And I've been kind of getting sleepy, but it's okay. <laughs> Stay um, away. So I was going to say a shot I really liked mm. is um, 
uh, Rufus, how do you say his last Sewell. name? Sewell. Sewell. Yeah. Um, there's like the point in the movie where he's like really fucking lost it. Yeah. yeah. And to me, there's like this really close up shot of his face. And I was like, space madness from fucking Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. Like, it is just ben, like. Ben Turnin said, said that to me. He said, this is literally space madness from Ren and Stimpy. He totally just took on that, like, kind of like, uh, like, I have really fucking lost it. Yeah. But then the visual, like, I think really was telling you that too. It was yeah. great. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. All the weird, like, direct close ups. Mm hmm contrasted with things like you're saying, Dave, where people are like cut out of frame or right. it's a four shot and all four people are at the corners and you're like, are they going to step more into focus or there, not? They're yeah, also, right. it's, it seems like he, you know, we all know that he loves Spielberg and Spielberg is the kind of like North star in his career as a filmmaker. Sure. And, and like the king of like the unshowy exactly, one. The, yes. And the, if we want to talk about other movies that take place on a beach, where something horrible happens, it this old is pretty much him experimenting with the idea of oh I can't show the shark right, yes. and there are That's his it challenge. seems right. like he is having so much fun not showing the shark. Here's another thing: it's like the most fucking universal thing to build a horror movie around, right? Ranging. Find a single person who is not in some way haunted by the idea of that, if not even literally getting old. Losing your faculties, getting you know? sick, having and, something and, grow right. inside of you, right. getting cut open, and it is truly like it's yeah. it's the Woof. silent killer, right? It is a thing that has no physical form, yeah, that yeah, has no, no reason, sure, sure, that is unavailable. Sure. But, but but also his little tweaks, you know, oh. the rust, the tumor, right? The, yes. the ways he sure. finds. Well, you love logic, yeah. Of course, right. Right. Yeah, I'd say yeah, just yeah. as a backbone, yes. as a spine. Absolutely, of a thing. no. I, it's... I remember, like, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys remember this, but. Um, Synecdoche, New York mm. was originally announced as Spike Jones and Charlie Kaufman are going to make a horror movie together. Absolutely. They go to they, Sony. They, they, it's about dying. That's the, well, the They didn't the, the have horror. a premise at right, first. Yeah, they went right, to Sony they, and they were like, what if we tried to do a horror movie? And Sony was like, money in the bank. And then Charlie Kaufman comes back with this script and Spike Jones is like, I don't know if Sony is going to green light this as a horror movie. And he was like, well, getting old is the thing that scares me. So that's what I wrote about. And they right. were like, cool, you go off and make that. We cannot release this in 2,000 screens, right? Right, right, Which right. I love that movie, and I find that movie very horrifying movie, yes. in certain ways. But this feels like but that him figuring out how to make a movie about aging that actually plays like a somewhat conventional horror movie. Yeah, well, also right. Synecdoche is also, it's like about decay and fear of disease sure. and fear of your body. and like. But you this know, gets at so, a lot no, of no, those no, no, things no, no, in a more no, visceral... The thing that's so good about this, Synecdoche is slow. Sure. Synecdoche is internal. Yes. I love that movie. But this movie... Every like immediately you start to feel the tension of like yes. time passing. Yeah. Yes. Where you're just so anxious of like they're not fucking understanding what's happening well, to them. They're letting this time with themselves slip away. And it I'm feels not like thinking like they're sure. gonna figure it out sure. and get off the beach. I no, know they can't I, I, get I, off pretty the beach. early on it feels like they're they're pretty fucking doomed. Right. That's what being alive is like. I agree. That's why well, it's such a good so metaphor. Can I ask a question of you, David? Yeah. You are the only one of us kids. here on mic who has kids. a child. Got a boss, baby. Um, Wait, do I have three kids I have to pick up from school? Ben, why are you oh. drinking Metamucil? <laughs> I just need the fiber. Yeah, that's my Metamucil. <laughs> Give it back. Oh, sorry. Here you go. <laughs> uh, I have a kid. That's true. Yes, I have a child. Uh, Navi. Better yeah. name? Sure. Yeah. For cat, uh, we've gone through a couple <laughs> untitled Marvel event film 2021. We've gone through a couple different bits at this point. So the I Grafina Bendus or something. 
the scene where Eliza Scanlon has to give okay, birth. So I sobbed at this scene. Okay, I, I cried, if that's what you're asking. Yeah, fucking horrifying. I, but I also think it's really one of his loveliest little scenes that he's done since, like, The Sixth Sense. Because mm-hmm. Sixth Sense is a very lovely movie. Yes. As yeah. as it is. I mean, like, yeah. I was there watching you from the back of the, the stage at your recital, and I'm proud of you every day. I, the, you know, that shit's so good. The scene should have won and, Tony like, at the Oscar, and um, Haley Joel Osment the Oscar. Right, um, but... um. This like, but like the whole scene. Look, old's about people who are on a beach. We're not going to go through the plot, I guess. The beach makes people. The, the beach makes you old. The plot but is they get old. They get old. Know, there's various people on the beach. Right. They get old and various people. Like the the whiplash of you know when they're in the tent together. Oh my god! And they're talking about how they're you know they feel their brains getting old in the same way that their bodies are getting old. And he and does like, this weird coverage where both of their shots are over the other person's shoulder. You're only seeing the sliver of the eye. You haven't seen them in this new it, age it, but state. But it's also so intimate. It immediately telegraphs that they are teenagers who are going to fuck. Well, that's right. Thing, but you're watching and you're like, so is this him? You know, kind of winking at this, and he's right. going to let it lie after that. Or is he? Is this him setting up a scene? And then when she's pregnant, I mean, just I was just hackling with, like, right with kind of with despair. I'm like, I can't believe he did it. I can't. Of course, he's doing it. You have to do it. He goes that hard. He's the only guy goes that hard. It's revealed in the trailer that there's an unexpected pregnancy. See, I don't think I knew that. I I knew I knew that that was coming. I did not know how it would be addressed in the film. And like the lines were like, and again, and the way his camera is like you know spinning around and you hear and you like ha- the dad in the background being like that's how you make a baby and he's like i thought you had to do it like a lot you know but like, like yeah. this is the thing that's wild no, but no 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 oh, let me no, tell no, no, yes, you have a yes, baby you daddy. have a baby you have a baby yeah so that all happens and she gives birth and there's the body horror of all you know of her body growing so fast or what did they say about the baby that it's like because it's so fast that they didn't engage with the baby so it just it, it dies because like you need neglect. to feed a baby constantly like and right, like you can't right. like it ages too quickly like right. when it's, it's so six small. months and five minutes and, but or like whatever. and then so like you're just then like, by the way love that there were baby bones and then they buried the drop well, the sound oh, wait, effect yeah. of the dry bones well oh so my that's God. the thing but yes. you're you're you're, you're sort of riding on that. the high of all that we're like Jesus. And then there's that little scene with the two of them where they bury the bones. And I was like, this, it was, is, oh my this God, is the it best was, thing he's done in so long. It was so profound. Him yes. yelling at his dad, like, I'm going to marry her. We're never going to get divorced. <laughs> so fucking good. So funny. I mean, like, and tying that line back to that really early scene with the kid. What's the kid, the, the friend? Idlib. Idlib. Cool. The, uh, also obsessed with codes, puzzles. Yeah, likes yep. puzzles and all that. Yeah. But like, you know, back when Alex Wolf is Little Wolf, yes. Little Trent. And he's talking to this kid, and this kid's like, you know, I don't have any friends. We're not going to be friends. He's like, we'll be friends, and like, then we'll be older, yeah. and we'll 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 get mortgages or whatever. There's that line he has about right. mortgages, right? And Trying to understand the language of adults, exactly. Yes. And like that, right? That you like twinning that line with his yeah. later line, where he's like, right, I'm going to do this right, even if I'm on a beach that makes you old, yeah, and I'm going to be dead in a day. I'm not going to divorce my wife, my, right. my beach yeah. wife. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. In our bone baby. I'm not going to be a crappy adult like you. Yes, I know exactly. how to be an adult. And the, yeah. just that he can throw that in, yeah. in this mias, this like chaotic scene. And we're going to move on quickly. And there's going to be more stuff and have it yes. hit is so good. This is also the, 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 how do I even say this? You, you have a moment like that, that is profoundly sad, ridiculous. And scary at the same time. And I think for some people, they go like, pick a lane. You cannot at the same time ask me to take something serious emotionally, feel the stakes of it, and have it be this over the top. Mm -hmm. And for the four of us, 
we happen to be delighted by that. So delighted. It's it's operatic. Yes. Yes. It is. It feels like a play. And it like does. at times. And then like at the end, I mean, the truly beautiful ending, not the end end, but you know, when Gael and Vicky are on the beach oh yeah. and they're God. old and they're not, and I think it's good that they're not like, you know, wrinkly. I old. think they're the right amount of old. They exactly. get, I think they did the the wrinkling really well. Right, right. But they're not like but Russell also, Crowe at the end of a beautiful line. It's so, vine subtle, it's so right. subtle and like natural. dried apple skin around the yeah, yeah, yeah. eyes and shit. And yeah. like he's got, you know, he's like, what were we talking there's, there's, about? They show a right. hand at one point and the hand is like an old person's hand. And yeah. like, yes. I think they yeah. are holding hands or something. That's and what I love. Oh God, the, like, his it, little fucking tricks of just bring an old person on set and shoot a hand and that's worth better, more than any fucking special effect. That's like wait. So he dies, and then she gets up and walks into the water and walks back, and then she dies. I've been, think, I've been thinking about that for since I saw the movie. I, I, it's such a simple little move that is not explained, and everyone fucking criticizes him explaining everything. I know, but like, there's like little stuff like that that like haunts you. This yes. movie is so. Good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, uh, like two two performance we even talked about midsize sedan. God damn it. Oh, such a good name. It's probably one of the funniest name like or joke about yeah. a name of a rapper that ever. I feel like I've heard ever. What's his real name? Trevor? Derek? Uh, Brandon? I, 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 I think it's Brandon it or yeah. something. Uh, is it my name's Brandon. Yeah, Brandon? My parents Brandon. are like doctors. You know, I don't know that actor very well. Uh Aaron Pierre. He's English, but he's I got like he's got a great, great look, beautiful well, eyes. Wait, how would you know that? Well, because I Wikipedia him. Oh, <laughs> that line that. in the movie. Uh, kilt. We all like yeah. laugh. I feel like that like really went over so well as but like a name. People like, people on. were also criticizing the name Midsize Dan as being too ridiculous. But I would like to remind everyone that there is currently a rapper right now named Pooh Shiesty. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so let you know. Yeah. Let, no, midsize Dan's mid, good. It's midsize funny. Stan, yeah. Maybe it's on the other end of the spectrum, but it's honestly like anything goes. Yeah, it fucking anything goes. Fucking. It, it also just feels also like that perfect M. Night dad joke energy yes. too, where yes. he's like, well, what's this guy's name? Mid-sized yeah, mid-sized sedan. Sedan. Like it, mm-hmm. it, all, it, it works on every level. Right. It feels like Gael Garcia Bernal's character should be saying, what's his name? Mid-sized sedan. Right. And yeah. they're like, no, his name is like little masterpiece. Okay. Or so now right. I, that was one part of the movie where I feel like I was getting a little caught up on trying to figure out the logic of him. And then the, the body. Right. Sure. Why, that did, was she, there why did she die? And he didn't, but it seemed like her sickness was worse. Yeah, she had MS, he says. Yeah. Right. And that and I guess she just whatever. They Walked got to into the beach the water early and, and something the, happened. At that point and she in drowned. The movie, she drowned. She drowned. She's not like dead of old age. Right. At, at right. that point in the movie, I think I I thought the aging was connected to the water. So I went like, sure. oh, she died sooner she and faster water, right. because she was swimming in it. Because I was also like, well, the kids are growing up faster. They were in the water, the adults were not. So I didn't question at the time because I thought I was ahead of the reveal. But then, of course, it's the rocks. It's all about the rocks. It's about those damn magnet rocks. Magnet rocks for him. But um, the, to go through everyone in this cast, so you got Gael Garcia Bernal. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with him. He's I, an actor. I always like watching him on screen. Oh, so absolutely it's right. Kind He's a of calming presence. Quietly, me. one of my favorite guys. I always just absolutely underrate him until outrageously attractive oh, yeah. to this day. And let's say a short king. Like I always yeah, love yeah. watching him on screen and being like, "He's five six and not hiding it." I I I understand the decision to not have their hair age. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because they explain that as like, "Oh, the hair's dead." Right. Yeah. 
But Same reason your nails are I'd love growing. to see a little salt. He's going to look so good. I know. He's going to look so good. He's aged so well already. Yeah. Um, um, you've got Vicky Creeps as his wife um, who has a tumor. So that's her thing. They've all, right. you know, mo- every family has a problem, right? right. But it also, we don't every know group. whether or not her tumor is... She says it's benign. So I had... Sorry, getting a little, you know, TMI about Get Marie's uh, medical history. Please. I had a uterine fibroid. Sure. A, a, a problem which many is people a, a common problem that have, yep. uh, people with uteruses have. Um, it went from being nothing to the size of an orange within like three months. And they had to get it out. And oh, I had to have. In this movie, it happens in two minutes. Well, right. It's that is absolutely terrifying. But it's right. one yep. of those things where like, oh, you, you don't think it's that big of a deal because the tumor is going to grow so slowly it won't matter and then it sure. fucking explodes right. and it's So that's the thing. Terrifying. I think we're not supposed to totally know if like it was always going to be life-threatening or it's just like I is think, it just I the beach is accelerating been, it? I, th- I think the beach is accelerating it. I think the fact that she it is, it's untreated died completely. of... Yeah, she, the right. fact that yeah. she like died of old age on like on beach time. Mm-hmm meant that it had it was not like a cancer that had spread right, exactly. to the rest sure. of her body. It's just it gets so big because no one's right. They never at tie it, it right. to a larger no. I hate the rules of it though where they have to they have to like oh, hold okay. it fucking yeah, open. They don't good, show it. Such a good wrong. elevation. I want to say God. Like the big set pieces of this movie are the concept of what he has dramatically set up is so deeply unnerving that you are on the edge of your seat, right? right? Where you're, you're like, like, and you think I you understand. Cannot it. believe he's going to do this. There's no way he's going to do this. And you're sitting and you're squirming and you're recoiling. And he shows you fucking nothing. He multiple times in the movie, right? He shows you fucking nothing. Yeah. I mean, you get the one shot when you see the thing pulled out, right? But it is so telling that there's like the shot where we're just like, oh fuck, shit, fuck where he makes the second incision, they put their fingers in, and then he cuts away immediately. Right, you don't see them holding it open. It is the shot that's like the four heads poking out of the corners of the frame, looking in as he does the thing. Pretty reserved sound effects, considering what he's showing on screen, and everyone in the theater is going like, fuck, 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 yeah, fuck. Yeah, it's You're not so squirmy. You're seeing slivers of heads I mean, I from her perspective. I think surgery is a top make your audience, yes. uh, you know, unsettled. But he thing. knows just yeah. putting the idea in their heads going to be scarier than anything I show. Similar, never showing the baby. Never showing the baby. No. When, Except for the little dusty bone. Right. When Rufus <laughs> Sewell and Ben Sheard, when Rufus Sewell is, is going stab crazy at the end it's of the movie, dark. you set up the device that Gael is largely blind. It's very dark. So you're not seeing anything graphic. The, 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 well, so, so there's versus happening where he's like, "Is that what I'm supposed to do? Am I supposed to be right? Is it supposed to be right R-rated?" But yeah, okay, so Rufus Sewell, an actor I love, I do too. Who I've seen on stage do all kinds of wonderful things, but I do feel like in movies tends to do like two things. Mm-hmm. He plays jerks. He plays like stuffy Brits, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But he is so much fun in this movie. Yeah, uh, playing a doctor who is. Crazy. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, so, he's schizophrenic. They do say that right. later in the sure. movie. It took me a while to figure out what was going on. When, when he did oh, the he's schizophrenic. Br- they do say. Yeah. I thought like, he was just like it was senility. Like, and that's what I thought too. Yeah, because when the Brando Nicholson thing happened for the first time, Marie was like, what was that? I went like, it has to be senility, right? They're setting that's up right. senility. I initially thought that it would be yeah. some early dementia or whatever. Yes. But no, 
But no, because there's the scene. There's the the, the doctor later, the medic, right? Is like maybe we should keep the 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 yes. people with schizophrenia right. away, away from. from physical health. Well, I, yes. I also thought maybe that there was like a racism element too. Well, well absolutely, is, but it's just right. like, yes. it's his. It's filtered through his his, his nasty mental, side, yeah. the paranoid schizophrenia. Right, right, right. Um, but so okay, but yes, it's like not arbitrary who he targets as a threat in that movie. You have Abby Lee. Oh, my, can, can, oh. doing incredible work. As Crystal. Oh, uh, yep. who, my God. Who's got brittle bones. She, oh, she, God. That's she the needs, other fucking that's thing. Because I was going to say, Griff, oh, yes, this that's, movie. Oh, that's the most graphic that's the most, It's not most bloody, but that's hog. the visual. Right, right. Yeah, so exactly. I would watch an entire movie about her character dealing with the horror of her aging as a young, beautiful now, woman. Yes. I love the way the movie has her vanish for stretches and then when she's, but she's like, don't look at me. Right. Like, I yeah. love that. Going like full and death it, becomes it is, her. It is, yes. it is so, it is so grotesque and you can just tell that he, that Shyamalan is just like reveling in the grotesqueness of it. And it doesn't, it didn't feel like it was necessarily um, misogynistic. To me, no, no, because I think she, the actress, understood the role that she was playing, and the, I she felt so bad in, for her. She's incredibly sympathetic. I mean, there is that sort of like, right? It has that kind of like fairy tale, like, oh, she was too vain, and look how she paid. But the I think price. there's a but counterpoint like, not, to the Rufus Sewell thing, right? right? That they represent a certain kind of very appearance-based status. His vanity obsessed. is like that. I must be the great doctor. I'm the high so status. Smart. I have to right, protect right, my right. family. You know. But I also think to have you know the the their daughter go through this horrible thing where she's pregnant, doesn't understand that she's pregnant, gives birth, loses the baby. And you see Abby Lee's character just completely struggle with how to deal with right. it. She can't even be she there can't in the moment when there. it's happening. And right. it is, I don't know. I found that to be like a very, I, I didn't, that didn't make me think less of that character. I was like, that no, is it's, probably, it's a sympathetic that is moment. absolutely how I would react. I would be so right. overwhelmed and horrified. In that moment, you go, how does anyone deal with something no, like that? How do you survive so something like that? So good. Yeah. And the the reveal of her bones in her, her turning into a weird uh, spider woman in yes. the cave is just like, was it, is it the term grand guignol? Yes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, ooh, that, chef's kiss. In, I, I, I I was like, they're gonna do it, and then he did it, and then the little flashes. Oh. He just goes so fucking hard. He pushes it past the point that anyone else would go. This is gilding the lily. This <laughs> right. is gonna get too silly. But we're there with him at that point. If, if he had done that twenty minutes in, yes. I think you'd be like, whoa, 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 what's going on? But like, once you know, again, right. it's almost like there's like a self-selection sort of test at the beginning where it's like, if you're this thrown off by the dialogue in the first five minutes, you're out, right? And if you're willing to go with this, then I'm going to slowly build up to the point where she becomes a fucking noodle lady and in I a think, cave. I think that's the most visibly graphic part of the movie. Yes, absolutely. And, you it's know, not, like gory. No, but it's the most. He, yeah. he, he yes. led up to it. There was an, uh, the part when uh, Eliza Scanlon falls off the cliff. And I was like, yeah. oh, are we going to get that fucking shot in midsummer? No. Which gave me nightmares. No, we don't. No, we don't great, see it. Great shot. Uh, but right, I'm glad we don't see it. Yeah, I'm glad I would not. That scene's really intense too. Yeah, because it actually has that weird tension of like, wait, like there's a moment where you're kind of like, she could oh, make it. Is she? Gonna, is, is this, this how sort they of like the out? beginning of the third act or whatever? Right. right. Just the confidence of him not cutting once she's up there, only covering her from so far away, where it's really hard to parse what is happening. But that the Abbey thing is the only time he shows you the thing. Tr fully, right? right? Fully gets. It. I mean, he the fully shows moment, you the thing, that's which great. I think is great. 
oh, oh, sure. But that's but I, again, argue, sort of shrouded in darkness, yeah. sort of like it doesn't go full psycho. Like I also his think part, body parts rotting no, it looks off. Like it's coming venom. Like right, the yeah, moment's yeah. not scary. It's a little triumphant because at yes. this point you're oh, like, no, totally. He's become saying. the most immediate threat on the beach. Yeah. Um. You got Nikki Amukaberta, an actress I really like, as the the psychologist. What has she been in before? You know, she's in the David Copperfield movie. She's okay. in, you know, she's like a British theater actor. I'm sure I've seen like, her and stuff. I didn't. The, yeah, well, well, she's in um, Jupiter Ascending. Her. Not, oh. I not a movie. I've only seen that movie like three times, so I can't like. But I think she's the captain of the ship. Has, has a more blank check thing ever been said on this show? I've only seen Jupiter Ascending <laughs> three times. <laughs> Uh, she was in the laundromat apparently. Oh. Okay, a movie that I saw, but like that has so many characters that I yeah. can't remember. Like, yeah, but she's done a lot of TV. Uh, anyway, anyway, she's Ken really Leon, good. My favorite, the person who causes me to always disrupt a movie and go, "Look, that's Ken Leon." He's so good in this. So it's good. such so a good role funny. for him, which yeah. is the sort of nervy, yes. um, you know, ex- explainer. Yeah. Like, he's I, also like the nurse and I'm here and I'm like very down to earth. And, and the like, fun tension between him and Rufus Sewell where yeah. he yeah. kind of knows a little bit more. Yeah. Right, right, right. I, I'll, I will say this. I don't cite this as a criticism, but you, Marie, already calling out that you wish we got to see a little salt and pepper on Gael. Ken Lung famously rocks the gray in his hair very well, you know, right? Has yeah, been speckled yeah, yeah. I mean, for a very he, long time. It's true, yeah. He shows up in this movie and it's like very dark, right? Like he's fully sort of like darkened his hair. Right. And I was like, oh, it's almost unnatural color. They're doing this because he's going to age rapidly and get gray. I just wish I could have seen it. I like, I like his gray His hair. death is that he just swims away yeah. uh, and tries to escape and tries doesn't to make it. You, you pop up, his body pops up later, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. Her death is the epilepsy where it's like, I guess the idea is like the medicine is finally not working. Right. Like that's right. It's worked they for got a very long time. Years. Right, right. And so, then like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. If, we, if it's that infrequent, then we then you figure pretty it out. much you can just, right. you just give her a, a nice right. fancy bespoke cocktail. Right. Did you guys, I mean, I just never think about these things. I try, I do, I am kind of like mind, head empty with movies. Like, because like I, someone I left the theater with was like, I, I'm pretty... I pretty much figured out from the beginning, like, oh yeah, they're being tested on. Like, and I know, no, no. I just thought it was a fucking dang ass freak watching that shit. Like, I just thought it was somebody. You can see them from right away. It's like, well, look, we're lab rats, right? Yeah, in some way or other. I I figured it was some sort of human experiment. I didn't know to what ends, but Yeah. yeah, once you see someone up there, you're like, oh, you know. We're, we're watching them. They're being watched by someone in the movie. We're, I thought it would be more of a psychological thing, like to yes. see, like more of like a Milgram sort of thing. I, I was wondering if it was going to go into loss, sort of like more overtly supernatural. The people who are testing them are not human. There is some larger thing at play, you right, know, right. that kind of thing, rather than it being a very specific business thing. And I like the mystery of like, look, these people went on an expedition and they discovered this horrible thing and we've been able to turn it into something good. We're not going to explain why. Who fucking right. cares why the rocks make I, you old? I also it's, think it's it's fun that the characters are also trying to figure out what's yes. going on. It made me, I, I have not seen Escape Room. I you hear, can't tell I, me either. I gotta see this. I haven't right, seen okay. any Escape Room movie. Marie, you gotta escape the this, room. This old made me think of my one time I went to an Escape mm-hmm. Room. Uh, where everyone's kind of banding together trying to come up yeah, with right. like, the sort you of know. like I don't know you you don't know me I know with real escape rooms usually you do oh know I like, only knew the one other person right, yeah, it, and so it's yeah. like but like right let's all just like get our thinking get yeah. our right. noodles baking yeah I, I also I think 
look, that is a thing that did M. Night in for a while, yeah. right? That people went to the movie Trying to, with the right. fucking okay, notepad. Okay, M. Night. I'm going to yeah, solve I'm gonna, it. I'm, I'm going to get, get it. Yeah, and I think he like, it, it's, it, this movie is so fucking fun. Yeah. Besides being, as we said, profound and sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is so fun because M. Night is essentially playing himself, setting the stage, bringing his actors. Yep. And then they try and figure out lots of food. They're trying the whole movie. They are trying to figure out his twist. Yeah, Yeah, right. 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 So a that helps him a lot that the characters are like in on it. They're like the audience. But B, at this point, I have just succumbed to like, I want to ride this out. I don't want to try to fucking figure this out. And I get a certain glee from every time he underlines an element going that something. I don't know what it is yet, and I'm not going to distract myself from staying in the emotion of the movie trying to solve it. I would rather watch this play out and then at the end be satisfied to see what the things were. Now, can I ask, though, what did we think, to your point, what did we think of how he showed the characters not being able to leave? The pressure. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, to me, was like a thing where... I the was thing like, where they like black out when they mm-hmm. go. Right. I was right. fine with it. Sure. They, and they, I, they essentially get like aging bends. They can't. Right. right. And right, they yeah. explain it enough, yeah, right, yeah, where yeah, yeah, the right, connection right. to the bends, it makes sense. And I think it's like, that could have not been successful very easily. Yes. If maybe you show too much or not enough. And I just think it like, I, I think he really pulls it off. Yeah. Because you're essentially showing like, why can't they just leave the beach? And then they don't really show you why. But it still is like a thing where you're not getting too distracted. I also by think that. it's so much better that it's like they start trying to leave the beach, and the next thing they know, they're back on the beach and like, fuck, you right. know? Yes. It's yeah. like so much better than like, them, the like reaching up. a force field. This sort of weird cut and then wake up is just like, well, yeah. I guess it just fucking you're stuck. That felt the most overtly lost to yes. me. Yes. Yes. That is, it is quite lost. But that's the thing with lost too, where you're like, the metaphor's so good. I'm not sure I want. Right. Right. It doesn't need to be explained. Yeah, <laughs> and then, I mean, Lost's ultimate explanation is, well, the island is magic. And some people were just like, well, wait a second. Like, <laughs> you know, like, that's all. Like, you know, sure. I mean, obviously there were many explanations within. But the, the ultimate explanation was like, look, this island's fucking magic, okay? Yeah. And it's always been magic. And anytime anyone comes here, they try and figure out what to do with the magic. But this is also the M. Night thing, once again, of just, I think his confusion with other people of just like, well, nothing fucking makes sense. Why do any of us do any of these things? Why does any of this operate this way? Yeah. Yes. Can I say something I did not like about the movie? You are allowed. Thanks. Too um, old. I, <laughs> I think he is so specific with the mechanics of time while they are on the island. Sure, oh, defining sort of like 30 minutes is, translate. A, is right. a year or which, whatever. Which right. I, I love. I didn't think too much about it. I just trusted him with it. But then when they're swimming through the coral and it takes so fucking long. And, I, on. Oh, I'm and I'm like, uh. I'm like, these people, how long can you hold your breath underwater for? And I know that's like a common suspension of disbelief. Sure. That, you know, it's always in movies. But it was just that the all I'm doing for the past, like, 90 minutes is thinking about I the agree. passage of time. That That's why I wanted them to die. Or You just wanted that to be that. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted to stay, like, just, okay, I want to keep thinking about time and how time eventually kills all of us. Yeah. And, you know, what's the 
you know, what's the point of living if not to you know just be with heavy. the people you love? He ha- and right, well, because like he the has sand, that. make sand castles and right, like, yeah. he has that with creeps and Bernard, right, right? which like, I think is so beautiful, right? And then so he's having his cake a little bit, yeah. you know, by having them also escape and then. But I do, I think the ending is the graduate. Like I think yeah. that's where they're like, what do we do now? Where it's like there's not a lot of triumph in them taking this down. I agree with you. Like it's a, sure. not even if it, they're not the villains, maybe, but like you know, just the sort of like, yeah, I don't know, okay. That cut is so heartbreaking to uh, when when they cut to the next morning and then Beth Davids walks out and you're Love to like see her by the way right Love and it Emma. feels like the kind of thing that in any other movie you go oh shit they just jumped thirty years later mm-hmm. and it's like well they did and they didn't right right they did but also this has been like one night's sleep. and your brain is playing that trick of like oh what's all the shit that happened off screen that I didn't see and it's like them sleeping for three hours. Right. Like, this is the brutality of just, yeah. like, you go to sleep, you wake up, and suddenly you've missed this much of your life, you know, which is sometimes how it fucking feels being a person, especially when you are locked up for a yeah. year and a half. Yep. Yep. I mean, yep. I, like, the last couple of weeks, I kept on having this thing where when I was, like, fill out forms, I had to answer it as a question, going, like, my age doesn't feel right anymore. Mm-mm. And it's because uh, maybe other things as well, but like fundamentally, this year and a half we lost, it feels like I should be older or I should be younger or like this number doesn't make sense to me anymore. And then after two or three weeks of having that internal conversation, every time I had to say my age, I realized I had been getting my age wrong. Were you saying you were too old? I was saying I was 31 and I'm 32. Hey. And I spent three Sounds weeks every 32. time 31 came out of my mouth going, that sounds wrong, but believing that I just feel out of whack rather than that I had done the math wrong. And the answer is that fucking year disappeared into a memory hole, what have you, but also just that disorientation of like, how old am I? What number does make sense? You know, what passage of time does make sense where there's that kind of thing of just like, there's, I think those two performances are really good. Sure. And they play a very specific kind of um, comfortable chemistry with each other yeah. right where it's yeah. like those two siblings get along i like that emma does doesn't have them be fucking fighting siblings annoying bratty kid and all no, that they sort of stuff they sort of understand they get yeah. each other's weirdness in a but, way or whatever like, right thompson mckenzie and uh alex, alex wolf, wolf to their credit i think do in- extraordinarily good jobs of playing children right and not making it feel creepy not making it feel like fucking coppola jack i think thomas and mckenzie in, in particular is pretty incredible that as well as you know, Vicky Creeps playing. Do you know what I was thinking of? Is like we were watching the movie. It was like fuck. They don't have mirrors. Yeah, right. right. They, they don't see. know. They don't, they don't know. know what the they look like. The most they can do is right. look in the water. Basically, right. Like, right. A I know Abby like Lee looked right. at like a, a like some sort of makeup case that yes. had a shiny right. surface right. to shiny, see herself. Yeah. But they can see the other people. They can't see themselves. Yeah. And that's like another element of how. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they, I mean, it's, yeah, uh, Th- Thomas and Mackenzie plays that part so well. It's so Mom, what's well. wrong? Why are you looking at me like right. that? Right. And not playing it like a sketch comedy version of a kid, but really feeling like this is somehow a kid in the wrong body. Yeah, right. So the, the unsettledness. But uh, when yeah. they wake up the next morning, they're playing them kind of like adults in a way I find interesting. Like this day has changed them so dramatically. That, like, the trauma of this has pushed any childlike innocence or energy out of their body. They watched right? a lady break all her friggin' bones in a cave. Right. Like, they've, they've just, gone through some shit. Exactly. Bones. But I, I like that they're now just playing fucking grown-ups, and they're there on the beach, and they're sort of like, oh, well, I guess 
three more hours and then we're done, right? Like everything's this resigned sadness before they solve it, before there suddenly is a last chance. Um, this ha- this movie had me thinking a lot about boyhood. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, which which was shot on the beach that makes you old. It was shot on the he beach that makes you old. That's, that's like a, a cheat. Yeah, <laughs> it's like crazy. No Linklater has incredible producers who yeah. figured They're that out. They're doing the fucking merrily we roll along in there too. Yeah, there you, you know, and and Linklater's up on the clips. He yeah. doesn't go on the. He beach. finished. Yeah. He finished merrily two years He's ago. A coward. He's gonna sit on it for another eighteen. It. Well, the one it. guy in it got canceled. That's why it hasn't been released yet. Is that true? Wait, who's that? Blake Jenner. But, um, but no, I, I boyhood, I, I saw it when, you know, it premiered at Sundance and mm-hmm. I was like, wow, this is kind of my first experience of watching a film and maybe seeing the world through the eyes of a parent, like identifying with the parents for the first time. If you had a boss baby. If yeah. I had a, yeah. So, you know, if I had my own Navi or untitled Marvel project 2021, what it would be like to see them grow up and that feeling of not having enough time with them. Everything goes by so fast. And, uh, you know, it's cool that M. Night kind of did the same, This was working with the same themes in a, a different way. It took him, you know, only eight weeks in one location to shoot yeah, old, he fucking, not Yeah, he's <laughs> on the treadmill, years. baby. It, it is, it is awesome. <laughs> he's on the treadmill. David just flexed his he's muscles. He's like got two, like, uh, yeah. weights in his arms. He's going like, to fly now. Sees boyhood and he's, he's like, he's, hey, Look, he's the Rocky of filmmakers. Out. He's running up those Philly steps. He's yeah. a Philly, that's true. He's a Philly icon, just um, like Rocky. It is kind of incredible that this film works from what I would say are all three perspectives of how scary it is as an adult, as a parent to watch your kids grow old, mm-hmm. how scary it is as a child to watch your parents yep. grow old, yep. and how scary it is to grow old. Yes. Yep. yep. There you go. You like nailed it. That's he, exactly that's right. all fucking three. Exactly. That's exactly what is so good about the metaphor. Yeah. But then also just the movie gets to be playful, yep. gets to be sad, yep. gets to like, you gets know, to be visceral, do gets sci-fi to be shit. Like, yep. it, gets, yeah, right. it gets to be lovely. Yeah. And people are like, yeah, yeah. I thought it wasn't very good. Well, you know what? You're not very good. My gut instinct right now is that I, I still probably put Unbreakable as my number one, Six Sense number two, and this is my number three Shyamalan, I think. Interesting. That's my gut reaction. My number one is The Village. I think that's his. I love that movie. You've been so early killed. Is there like no? I'm no. I'm joking. I love the village. I'm just saying. And then I think Unbreakable Sixth Sense, and then I have Old Fourth. Yeah, I have Glass Fifth. Glass would That's be a my pretty hot take for me. Fourth. I need to think. I, I mean, I, see I like Glass, Glass again. again more than you do. I need to watch Glass again. I need to see this again. I almost saw it a second time today, but I ironically I mean, like, ran out of time. The Last Airbender, which is a movie I hated. Yeah, I can't go back there. But now that I've watched the whole thing, right? You kind of. I kind of want to, but I, I only imagine that'll make me hate it more. Like, what the last help. Airbender feels like being on the old beat, where you're like, "Where is time going?" <laughs> right. So I haven't seen the last Airbender or After Earth. Sure. Does did he write After Earth? No, I think After Earth is the only one Correct. he didn't write at all. Correct. Is that right? Yes, it's uh, Gary Whitta. I mean, uh, I'm sure he yes. did some massaging of the script, but it is no. You know what? He does have a screenplay. He does. Credit. Okay. Yeah. What about Last like, Airbender? It was very much out. not. What is that right. movie about? After Earth? It's like they land what on Earth. It be about it, it's what thousands it about? of years what is later. It about? What it is... Like, does it touch on the Shyamalan themes that we've been exploring in this episode? Yeah, what, yeah. It's, what it's about is the, the fucking father and a son in a spaceship crash on a hostile planet. The twist, except the twist is set up from the beginning, that is that it's Earth. Earth so right? it's, it's 
Planet of the Apes with no monkeys. Right. But you know that from the beginning. It's an overgrown and it's like Earth, Earth become and there's too hostile, monsters who can like smell your fear. The actual thing the movie's about, which is kind of Shyamalan, and I think probably why he agreed to do it, aside from just career desperation of the biggest movie star wants me to do a movie, I'll do it. Uh, is that the ship crashes and Will Smith is trapped, and Jaden has to go get help for him. And it's like you have to go out on your own. You have to be the man. You have to be the adult. I can only guide you so far at a certain point. You have to figure out how to do this yourself. And it's up to you to find help to come back and save me. Okay. So there's some... Yeah, you know, the empowerment of a child to go... No, it, of course, thematically ends up being a lot more about the relationship between Will and Jaden in real life than it is about the M. Knight sort of parent-child stuff that he likes to explore. It's a lot more about, like, you go off and be a movie star and Jaden being like, I don't know if this is what I want to do. Right, so kind of like Space Jam 2 with LeBron and yes. what's his kid's name? Uh, Dom. 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 Dom in the movie. Dominic Toretto James. Um, <laughs> All right, I have a question now for yeah. you guys because yeah. I feel like hearing you both list off your updated ranking, mm-hmm. is this maybe the first or like, I don't know. I feel like there's so few directors where you guys list late period movies this high up. Sure. He, he is arguably the only guy we've covered who is maybe in his sweet spot after we finished covering Well, it's just him. his weird thing of two sweet spots yes. with a huge dip. Right. There's not a lot. I mean, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. But, I like, think, it's I, a, unusual for sure. Well, I th- right. well, was did you guys cover L? We did. In yeah. C- no, I know you covered L, but oh. did you cover it as part of the... We Vero- did. It had already come out okay. by the time we did Verhoeven. Because that, that yes. is one to me where I'm like, oh, shit, he's like at the top of his game. Yeah, again. and look, I'm fucking amped as shit to see Ben Dead. Me too. And I love that, uh, A, he made the Ben nickname easy for us, but B, <laughs> that he's now like, and I'm going to make an American thriller my Jesus movie. And it's like, yeah, just go out guns a blazing <laughs> call. He, talk about old. He's old. Right? He's old. old. He does not get, I feel like Paul Verhoeven is not afraid of dying. No. Like he's just, uh, we are just seeing all of the beautiful sandcastles that he's building. If Paul Verhoeven was on that beach, he would start fucking the rocks. (laughs) And saying, I dare you to make me old. No, you do what like Joaquin does in The Master. Oh, yeah. He builds the. (laughs) Builds a little sand lady. Yes. Right. And then he's like, hey. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, Shyamalan's career, I mean, it's it's so funny because, you know, I, I do, uh, you say Shyamalan is the, the Frasier of uh-huh. <laughs> Blank Check. Yeah. I kind of, you know, I think he's kind of like the godfather of this podcast. Not godfather of the movie. No, but just he like, is. He is the, like. The concept of doing this only really crystallized yeah. around him as an example. He's the little yeah. seed that got planted or Absolutely. whatever. And like, it's just, I just, it I love that <laughs> his, his narrative, it's, you know, it, it's still evolving. And also, much like Frasier, it's like, he didn't just try to do Cheers again. His second wave, right, after his, his valley is him figuring out how to take some of the stuff that used to work and putting it in a new, in dare I say Seattle? it? Seattle? Patina. Oh. Yes. Oh. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, um, let's play the box. Let's play the box game. game. Any final thoughts? Wait, and how are we playing the? Sounding a little. There's a box office. Okay. It's it's uh what is it today? Wednesday. Tuesday. Wednesday. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Wait, I don't even know. Wait, Time's what, weird. What year is it? Oh no. Is it 2021? 
Ben got old. Yeah, all right. Ben got old. All right. You don't like it? No, I love it. I just, I just think he, uh, he messed up asking what year is it because it's like, well, I, I don't really know. Yeah, I, I didn't know how to yes and that right? one. <laughs> right, it's like, should I say a different year? Right. Like, Does he think it's earlier or later? <laughs> and Ben just, I said the hey, year, and Ben was just whoa, like, some, uh, some dirt bikes hey, just rode by. Wait a drive around fast like that. Aren't Ben's there speedboats on your street? No, but there should there be. Should I'm writing be. nine congressmen. You're writing. Well, I would. Right, your city councilman, your congressman. He doesn't know. He's too old. He doesn't He's know too damn old. Too. He's getting out a typewriter right now. Uh, <laughs> got a candle. No, there's the box office, of course. Well, there. for like this week. Yeah. How fun is that to guess? We all know the answers. Well, we can talk well, about see. the movies. Of okay, the week. let's talk I'll about the other this. movies. I'll say this though. Okay, a thing I found with the box office that's weird is I think we're still in the point where you have movies in the top ten that are making well under a million dollars. There's only one. There's only one. Okay, so that's progress. And old was the lowest grossing number one in a in long time. A long ass. In a long ass. Although time. it is one of those weird box offices where it's like a lot of movies are sort of close together and gross and all that. I mean, know. obviously, I'll gross like War with Grandpa. But if you're talking like theaters being reopened, it's a low number one. Um, well, before we get into the box office game, but this is relevant to movies that are currently being released. Uh, so, David, we had a very. Um, strange experience as we left the theater okay. for old. Uh, there's, oh, boy. <laughs> there was a huge poster. Like, it took up the entire wall okay. at the multiplex. Sure. For and this, we're in a post-Shaman state. We're uneasy. We're yeah, questioning yeah. reality what, around again, us. What year is it? Right. What time is it? My God, how long were we in that theater for? And let's make it clear. We walk into the theater. We're not running late, but the movie's like five minutes away from starting. We want to get snacks. So we see this. We clock this. We we crack a couple jokes about it. But it's not until we walk out of the theater that we really step back to it. The theater's closed. There are no more showings. And we're like, let's really examine this. So there's a movie that was supposed to come out this week. The Comeback Trip? So that's the movie with Robert De Niro. Right? Yes. Uh, David, let me tell you the billing on I, this movie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I'm aware of this movie. Academy Award winner Robert De Niro. Yep. Academy Award winner Tommy Lee Jones. Yep. Academy Award winner Morgan Freeman. And of course, the fourth name above the title on this poster is and introducing Butterscotch. Uh... The horse is it that, my horse, it is David? Horse. Is it my kind horse? It looks a lot like him. So I didn't know about butterscotch. Butterscotch is new to me. Uh, butterscotch is brand new to so all of us. The poster said July twenty third. It says come I've, back to theaters July twenty third. We're like, what is this? We went. We're like, out. what day is it today? I say to Marie, isn't that today? And you go, no, no, that's not possible. <laughs> that's not possible. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. So we pull out our phones and start checking. It is not playing anywhere in America. No, it, I believe its release was either canceled or pushed to um, virtual. Or it is whatever. very surreal to stand there and look at a poster with the day that you are currently living in telling you, come back to theaters and have that not be playing on one of the 25 screens at the establishment you're at. With three Academy Award winners and introducing Butterscotch. Yeah, yeah and literally right across I, from the Snake Eyes. I, right, Snake Eyes is there. I look, I don't look. I got an email about the comeback trail like a, a couple weeks before it came out. Release it canceled due to total lack of interest. No, no, no. Well, I mean, I think that's what happened, but sure. like, uh, uh, but they certainly with like July 23rd, like screening links available. Like, Come back to theaters. The, the, you know, the movie is written and directed by George Gallo, who wrote Midnight Run. He did. Um, I think it was made a very long time ago at this point. I think Zach so Braff is in it, I it's believe. It's so yep. fucked up 
that Zach Braff got replaced by a horse by named Butterscotch. Butterscotch on the official poster. Well, Zach Braff, who invented podcasts. Uh, sure. Yes, of course. Twice. Startup, right? Twice. Yep. Right. Um, but yes, I think maybe it just it, they just uh, decided yeah. to pretend like that happened with a, that movie about the snakes too, where they kept being like, "It's coming out! It's coming out this week! It's coming out!" Actually, we're gonna put it out six. What movie that? about the? Is that the it's, Sundance movie? Yeah, called was it called Them That Follow? Oh yeah, yeah they, they that, that follow. follow. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That, anyway, they number one at the times. box office. Uh, I just want to say, David, that of course the comeback trail is the film that gave us Robert De Niro's current Wikipedia photo, which you're obsessed with. Oh really? You told me to look at this. No, I know. I just now I need. I didn't know it was from. The Are comeback. you getting home? Yeah. When no, we're... it's changed oh. now, it's just some picture. But it God, was time that. moves so fast. Time's moving so fast. Wait, but like, what yeah, was the? Uh, the po- you have to look up De Niro's poster for. Well, I mean, the comeback I know he's show. got this like mustache or whatever. Yeah, right? and yeah. it's and like a fucking director's cap and like yeah. He looks insane. Okay, while he's doing this really quick, uh, something I did want to say is my final thought is mm. the title of this movie: Old, mm. Old. Old, old, old. It's good. It's a good title. title. And I think more movies should just encapsulate yeah. what the vibe is in just one fucking word. Do you know the name of the new Jordan Peele movie, Ben? They just announced it last week. Oh, it's so no. good. You're going to love it. What is it? Nope. Oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah That's the, good. The poster is a cloud with like a fucking kite string coming out of it. Yep. And then just the three actor names. Nope. 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 From Jordan wow. Peele. Who Perfect. are the three actors again? Stephen Young, Kiki yes. Palmer, Daniel Kaluuya. Dang. Great fucking cast. Love no. all three of them. Number one of the box office is old. Yes. 15. A gentleman's 16. 15. Okay. Okay. It went up a little on Sunday. Is that yes. domestic or? Domestic. Domestic. Okay. Number two, Griffin, is the other new big movie this week. Snake, Snake Eyes. Eyes. Snake Eyes. Rolled G.I. Joe an unlucky 13 million, right? Obviously, look, it's coming out at a trepidatious time for theaters. Sure. People are scared. But like, this is the thing with that and with Free Guy and with some of the stuff that's kind of clogging up you and I these months talking about pre-fall. Right. Those were things where they're kind of like, well, we have this movie. Doesn't it have to come out? Well, essentially, Snake Eyes were had like fucking all these toys tied to it that had been right. sitting in a warehouse for two years. But and like, they're like, what are we going to do? The thing was never going to do well, right? There's is, no one cared. Is this, Snake Eyes? It would have done like, a little better. Are they, when you say there are so many toys, like for children? Yeah. G.I. Joe's. Both. Well, I know it's G.I. Joe's, but like. Both. It, I just don't under like I've Both seen Mar- trailers yeah. for Snake Eyes. Yeah. This is a movie that's being marketed to children. Well, I mean, it's a movie that they hoped could revitalize a brand that was originally popular with children. If you ask me, and I'm someone who kind of defends both of those the, 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 prior the, two films yeah. as fun junk. The summer's movie and the right. show movie. Right. They're yeah. fun junk. Those movies very much, They're if goofy. I were six, would have made me want to buy all those action figures. And Snake Eyes from the trailer looks really fucking dour. But this is the thing. And it is one of those things where the I toys mean, the meant for It looks the same as the Mortal Kombat movie. I could not differentiate this is, this is all I was going to say. I won't go into a whole fucking merch spotlight corner here. It is very telling to me that G.I. Joe, Snake Eyes Origins, whatever the fuck it's called, a movie based on toys that is supposed to revitalize a toy brand for a toy company, they made all the toys look different than the movie because the movie characters look boring and they, they want to make the toys they more look colorful. Realistic, right? You know? So then maybe make the characters look like that in the fucking movie. Or what's this the is point? The, thing, the Ghostbusters trailer dropped today, and yeah. it's it's it stinks to high heaven, and it's, it's got, got this gunner, per- portentous kind of like, you know, oh, there's a legacy and yeah. like and, and like it's got this fucking music, and I'm like, why is this what goes? It's so ridiculous. We're going to do only Ghostbusters kind of on Patreon. I've been saying this for a while. Yeah, we'll After do the, this one comes out, because yeah, we'll do the, the study of 
three bites at the apple trying to figure out how to reproduce Ghostbusters, which all have very different approaches, is very fascinating to me. Okay, I just want to say, I'll just out myself with it. I had a very much a Space Jam 2 reaction to the trailer because I was like, this is bad. But I'm like, but also... Ghostbusters is good. Well, that's what they're, <laughs> like, that's that's, what they're trying to do. I know. Here's the thing. I know I know that movie is going to get me at moments. I'm already resenting it. Like, I'm not excited for that movie, and I know I'm going to sit there, and it's going to fucking I, trick I, me into feeling shit, like, twice. I didn't twice. see Ghostbusters until, like, what, seven years ago. Uh-huh. I've only seen one. haven't seen any of the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't understand what the emotional connection there is. There is none. It's there just is none. we were kids. Yeah. And the movie's going to do it you know? where it's going to be like, oh, well, she's their descendant from, you know, but like, no, there is none. I will say this. There's no like emotion. Like, I didn't really get like it's a big a emotional arc. There's nothing. Silly There's nothing. Ghost. There's nothing. There's nothing. We will do our Patreon series about this. I have a thousand thoughts. I just want to plug our friend Patrick Willems, friend of the podcast, past and future guest, did a great video about the first Ghostbusters asking the question, is Ghostbusters the best movie that is about nothing? And his argument is Ghostbusters is the only movie that is that good that has no thematic depth to it whatsoever. No. There's no like larger. It's just Bustin no. makes you feel good. Look, anyway. Did you say Bustin makes you it feel does. good? It does. what the song says. <laughs> and it does. Why are you getting angry at David? Who are you going to call, Marie? Number three at the box office is a film uh, from the uh, Walt Disney Company. Um, that One of their subsidiary branches. Uh, uh, it has a gunner about seat. superheroes. Uh, I'm sorry. You said it's a movie about superheroes. Yeah, they 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 have. Um, Walt Disney owns a a brand that uh, produces comic book inspired movies oh, about superheroes. It's called Black Widow. Yeah, right. I forgot that it jumped up above Space Jam. It sure did. It sure did. Yeah, because Space Jam dropped sixty nine percent. Nice, <laughs> really nice. Um, yeah, Black I just, Widow. Can I? I listeners. Finally, she's she's got her own movie. Listeners of the podcast, I would love Winston. you to at us on Twitter if you saw both Black Widow and Old and think that Black Widow is a better movie. Yeah, look, I... I, I Whatever, look, I mean, you're I, allowed, I, I No, I agree with Marie here, where it's like, I don't say that as like a, a provocation. I, I would be interested in hearing that. Yeah, well... I'm not going to fucking clown on people. I'm actually curious. Because I do feel like Black Widow is peak my problem with Marvel. And we've gone over this. They're Marvel movies I love. They're ones I tolerate. Black sure, Widow sure. is everything I dislike in the Marvel movies, where I'm just like, it sucks. It has fucking no flavor. It's got no character. It's got no personality. But I guess for some people, it does nothing weird enough to upset you versus a Shyamalan thing where he's going to like push you and poke you and prod you into things. Black Widow, for some people, it's like I can sit here and it's just a fucking passive experience that never well, that's my makes problem me scratch with the movies. It feels like that's the main character problem. is having a passive experience. That's yes. my exact well, I just, just want to know, people who prefer Black Widow to the films of M. Night Shyamalan, what do you want out of a movie? I don't know. Maybe a movie uh, that features Ray Winstone saying, Widowsh. Saying what? Widowsh. Widowsh. That's right. Like, old is what I want out of a movie. It's what I want out of a theater-going experience. She should have put him on the old beach. That would have taken care of him. <laughs> Said she's got to break her own nose or whatever to, to defeat him. I like it's that just moment. Wild. I mean, yeah. I like that Ray Winston's in the movie, but it's just like after, uh, what, uh, 13 years, Black Widow will finally get her movie. A businessman with thick rimmed yeah. glasses. Who is the ultimate villain? Ray Winston's like, oh, I'm Russian. Oh, right. I, oh, right. It's me, the Russian man. Yeah. Like, it's just like, well, this is it. That's like the only sequence of the movie that has any juice for it's me. True. Where it's, it's true. Just... It's not even bad. He's and doing a good yeah. job. No bones that rattle. 
once. Uh, don't think yeah, that so. was no rattling bones. That was huge for Ben. <laughs> All right, number four at the box office is a film we discussed last week on the podcast. Space Jam Two. That's right. A new legacy should have been called Cyberspace Jam. Yeah. Uh, big drop. Yeah, didn't it go uh, down like 77%? percent nice. Look, my dad loves to boost uh, Blink Check on his LinkedIn. Sure does. Uh, he's a real proud dad. I should friend him. You should. Oh, you should. You're going to get clap emojis. You're going to get a lot <laughs> of clap on your grams. emojis. And, the, and what's the, the prayer hands as oh, well? Oh, I love your dad on Instagram. Yeah, he's great on Instagram. Uh <laughs> Uh, famously hacked on Instagram, <laughs> but um, I, I I don't remember if it was his Instagram or his LinkedIn, but I sent to you guys. He posted with pride the that the Space Jam episode was doing well. He gets doubly excited when you know James or yeah, Romley are on an episode. Newmans. We have multiple right, Newmans right, right. on one episode or whatever. But he had this like all caps caption under the screen grab of us on the Apple chart that sounded violent, where he was he, he's like yelling. Griffin and David and James dominating the charts number three with their Space Jam episode that is almost three hours long. And I was like, Dad, you don't have to mention that it's almost three hours long. That's a point of embarrassment. Uh, we hadn't seen each I other in a while. I enthusiasm. First in person. Always. Number five of the box office is a, is a film we also all saw together. Uh, the movie is called F9. The Fast Saga, oh, our return to theaters. The that's still in the top five. Still in the top five. Number six is Holding Escape well. Room 2. That already came out. Number seven is to... Boss Baby 2. Well, you're making family some money business, off of that baby. one, right? Uh, number eight is Forever Purge, which really kind of came and went. Rules. It made 40 I think million. It rules. I think it rules. It might be my favorite Purge movie. That's a hot When take. are you guys covering Purge? I've never watched Purge. those Purge movies. They're good. You'd They're like good. We got to do them. We got to do a commentary. Oh, I, I like the Purges. Yeah, ben, Purges you would, rule. You would, I think the new one rules. You would dig the Purge. Have you seen Forever, David? No, I haven't seen that one. It's really good. I'm going to. It's really good. Number nine is Quiet Place Part 2. Solid. And uh, then, you know, we got news new entrant here, Joe Bell, formerly oh. called Good Joe Bell. Oh, God. Mark Wahlberg is a dad whose kid, he's walking. Walk hard. Yeah. It's, well, it's do you guys, good. can I spoil the twist of Joe I've Bell? I've seen the film. Yeah. His, his, uh, is it spoiler true? alert for Joe Bell. Is Where? it true that... The, you don't the tw- you don't know the twist that the kid is dead until you the know, end of the I mean, movie. You can what? guess you can guess up. that the kid is a ghost. The kid but, is but it's a based on a real, real story. Yeah, but he's talking to his kid the whole time while he walks, and but they don't. That, let no, you know? they don't. No, but I That's mean, weird. What's even weirder? It's not. You know what? It's this kind of movie where you're like, you know what? There's a good version of this movie, maybe, and it, this Here's is just kind of a boring. Almost directed that movie. Hmm? Terry Fukunawa almost directed that mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, yeah. It's got and a producer and the director. Director. The, Isn't the director kind of good? Marcus Green. Yeah. Who's, good? Who's, yeah, he's at least like, there's just, there's a good version. Everyone's trying hard in that movie. Yeah. It's just very potent. I just, per, I mean, uh, I, I, it's, it's interesting to see oof. Wahlberg give a performance, even though I don't, the movie's not good. Look, he's trying to tamp himself down and it's sort of like, okay. You know, but you know how he like doesn't do an accent in that other movie that just came out. Uh, what what other movie? The Fuqua movie. Oh, Oh, infinite. That movie is so bad. (laughs) Someone told me. I don't know if there is a movie that went straight to streaming that has made less of an impact. I mean, to be fair, it went straight to Paramount Plus, which I subscribe to for like Star Trek, but like no one else. But like that movie, I threw it on because I'm like, look, Fuqua is not a director I love, but like he tends to make pretty robust, watchable, stupid movies. Two Star General, yeah, and like Chiwetel's the villain, and like half the fucking movie is them being like Mark Wahlberg, you're like a samurai because of. Reincarnation. He's like, I am a what, are what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Who's Give me this a sword. Who's this guy? And you're just like, 
he it is the worst fit of of star to recent Look, action. The Joe Bell hit. thing for me is interesting only because Mark Wahlberg has such a fucking messy past yeah. with protected groups. But, but the idea not... of him doing this movie about persecuted people yeah, but, right. and someone sort of like gaining a conscience and but all that sort not, of shit. He's not bold enough, one, to talk about that in public. Of course. And two, it's just, that doesn't really feel like it's a, like his performance in the movie is not strong enough that you're like, yeah. oh, I really feel like he's working through something here. It's odd, but it's also like he fucking willed this movie into existence. Yeah. Certain, he really wanted to do this. It plays it fucking tiff or whatever. And it's then it's also just funny that it was called Good Joe Bell. And they were like, you know what? Drop the good. Drop the good. It's just Joe Bell. Yeah. Let's not, let's not <laughs> let's overdo not go it. Here. Crazy. <laughs> but he, the, that movie got bought by what was it called? Solstice Studios, who released the Russell Crowe car movie. Yeah. Drive Angry. Uh, what's the, uh, what's that's, it, I, it should have been called Driving. It was called Unhinged. I'm making a joke. I know the title, folks. Uh, don't at me. Um, but they were like, we're, be- we're going to reopen the theaters. Unhinged, first movie in theater. Solstice is going to make a huge fucking splash. They buy Joe Bell for $20 million, and they're like, we're going to re-edit it. We think there's a masterpiece here. And then six weeks later, they're like, no, we're not. We're going to let Roadside release it oh, in six God. months quietly. Yeah. Okay, I don't know what happened to Solstice. Can though. I just say a, a, a yes, thing? Yes, but we need to be done, but yeah. No, I know, but uh, this is putting a bow on this box office game. As you said, it's a volatile time. It's a weird time. Delta, it feels like we're the fucking coin on its side. It's an well, inception well, we'll top. For the What's going to happen? Right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also do think there's this thing that I, I think to some degree we need to accept, whether it's for the indefinite future or it's a permanent thing, of just, like, the thing we have perhaps lost, I go back to you saying, like, well, Snake Eyes was never going to do well, sure. right? But the version of Snake Eyes that would have bombed two years ago would have made $60 million. Uh, yeah, no, it would have done better Right, bad. Because, because, aside from the people like us who are fucking hardcore lunatics and are going to defend the movie theaters for as long as we can, yeah. right? There used to be people who would go like, I don't know, it's Friday, what's out? There's a fucking Snake Eyes movie, why not? No, no, you're, you're losing now, the casual moviegoer, it's I, I true. think we've, we've largely lost the casual moviegoer, and who knows if they come back or not, but with a lot of these movies, it's just like, there's no default audience. People are making very strategic choices about very specific movies they want to see, and they're not going to see anything passively. Um, right, and that could change, but it could change. it's not something movie theaters can really control, honestly. No. No. Anyway. All right. But old is good. We got to wrap up. Great. Old is good. Old rules. We can gotta, I say it? Can you? Yes. I think it's a Glaster piece. Yeah, it's a Glaster piece. <laughs> but you know what? I actually think it's better than that. Because I think Glaster piece means something a little specific where it's like. It's when you make a movie called Glass that's also a masterpiece. Right. right? But also it's sort of like a movie where it's like, well, maybe old fits. Yeah. A movie that befuddles, but you're like, no, no, no. This is special. It's, it's not befuddler. flawed, but interesting. You it's could call this movie back. Elmer Fuddle. Okay. What? Okay. Okay, sure. Remember Spaceship? No. Notorious P.I.G. The fucking... Okay, so you guys were saying... We gotta be done. No, I know, no. but don't, I Don't just, start another tangent. It's very short. Okay. <laughs> what? What is it? Big Chungus. I didn't know what Big Chungus was, and you were like, oh, they put Big Chungus in Space Jam. And you were like, oh, he's this fucking Bugs Bunny meme, right? And they put a reference into it. Were you saying that to me, I, That wasn't me. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I thought it happened about. on Mike, but someone was telling me, like, well, they put Big Chungus in there. And I was like, what's this fucking Big Chungus, like, Photoshop? And I looked at it, and I was like, that's a classic cartoon. It's, he does an impression of Elmer Fudd. 
that's the context in which it happened. Whatever, bad tangent. But it's I like a, it's like a, it's become a me. Oh yeah, when he's big, right? Yeah. But it's him. But that's when yeah, he does yeah, his own reflection. Become print. a me, you know, because like Bugs Bunny reaction shots, right. are now like Song a sort of internet Florida. language. I like right. the one the, where where he's in the tuxedo. Yeah, and it's exactly. The, I right. wish all my blank a present right. blank. Yeah, exactly. But but all of those are like taking a Bugs Bunny thing and turning to something yeah, different. Bugs Bunny's cool. Yeah, Bugs Bunny rules. He was my favorite movie star. I'm so sorry, Griffin. It sucked. Space Jam. Anyway, old's good. Old's Take us great. out. Kill, kill, kill the podcast. It's time for it to die. It's time for the podcast to die quietly on the beach as we exactly. stare off into Holding the water. Hands, clinking its bones. Consider whether it's worth going through the coral. Why does the uncle hate the coral so much? His uncle hates the coral. Folks, thank you so much for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and get old Ben shaking his head because I refuse to say... Like. Or whatever. Follow. follow. Right. That's what it is. Follow, Even I don't follow. We're too old to change our ways at this point. Yeah. We're we're old as shit now. I don't know how old I am anymore. Thank you to Marie Barty for our social media for being on the show. Um, you're the best, Marie. Thanks, Griffin. Um, excited to uh all all get old together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you to Joe Bone, Pat Reynolds for our artwork. Thank you to Lane Montgomery and the Great American Novel for our theme song. Thank you to AJ McKeon and Alex Barron for our editing. Mm-hmm. JJ Birch and Nick around didn't do research for this episode, but guess what? We're going to throw them the They'll things be anyway because they're part of the family and we love them and we'll get old on a beach together. Tune in next week for... John Star. Carpenter. Star. Hell yeah. John Carpenter. Because Hotel Transylvania 4 got pushed back. We're starting Carpenter earlier than we expected. So yes, next week, Dark Star. Should we say who the guest is? Emily Yoshida. Emily Yoshida, Mother Blanky, is back Mama. to kick off a new series. Mama. Mama. <laughs> it's a good app. We, we do a lot of Google Maps stuff in that one. It's a good app. And like, if you've enjoyed the Space Jam app and the... Oh, I forgot that whole thing. There's, there's a whole well, weird no, We don't need to say anything else. Sure. I just, I, yeah, the little uh, tease. If you've enjoyed the energy in Space Jam and old of us being in the same room again, chronologically, Dark Star was recorded earlier, but Ben and Emily only are in the same room. They sure are. And they are as goofy as we have been, and David and I are like, harumph, harumph. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go to uh, patreon.com slash bowling check. We're about to uh, do those uh, Riddick movies. Mm-hmm. We're getting mm-hmm. pitch black. Mm-hmm. With Dick Riddick. Dick Rick. Dickie Riddick. Richard Riddick, it's his name. Richard B. Riddick. Yeah. It never stopped being funny. Uh, at blankies.reddit.com, it's a real nerdy shit. Uh, and as always, everyone got to the joke before me, but I'm still going to make it. I love old. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Thank you. <laughs>